Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Puppers. Puppers. <laughs> Something good for ya. All right, guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. And I'm one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and across from me, as always, is the Captain Nunn. Hey, y'all. What's happening? What's happening? Uh, yesterday, I'm talking with NPR folks, WFAE Amplifier, and uh, now here I am today, just climbing the ranks of journalism, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Funny thing is, is right around the time we started talking about doing our show is when they debuted theirs. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was like within a month or two. Like I, it was it was around fifth main radio time. Like right around then is when they released theirs. So I got quoted in Amplifier. Did you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> touting the uh, excellence of Bruce Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's all I got. Which, which yeah. actually he runs the uh, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. And if you can't tell by that sultry, luscious voice right there, we got Tony Leone back with us once What's again. Up, boys? It's about time we had a little bit of a recap. Indeed. I know. It is. How many weeks has it been? It's been, it's been a minute since we did the uh, Super Jet show. Yeah, per usual, waking up from the rim, I, it's like a two-week, three-week recovery. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> <laughs> now and again, as we mentioned it the following week after, so it would have been nice to have done the next morning, but we, we were just ready to go. <laughs> Certainly ready to go. <laughs> the difference between Tony and myself and Alex is that Tony has kids. Yes. That has, that has to be uh, seen about. Yeah, and you can't like just roll home and be like, wife, 18-month-old, I'm a little tired. I don't feel like participating. I don't feel like being a dad right now. <laughs> My wife's like, tough shit. <laughs> Change this shit, you've, diaper. You've been gone for two days, yeah, buddy. You exactly. Got, you got two days of chores to catch up on. But normally when we're at the rim and doing the and hanging out, we do a podcast and it takes us about 10 hours to leave too. It's yeah. too fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and especially because imagine. even when we're trying to get set up, it's like Brad's trying is like already starting up conversation, and we're just like, "Hold on, <laughs> this is yeah. good." Yep. <laughs> but that man just overflows with the love of rock and roll. So I'm real bad about that. If I'm out in public at shows and stuff like that, now I have to do the Irish goodbye because if I try to leave and say goodbye to everybody, that takes me about an hour. So I have to duck out and just say, hey, I had to go home. So I was like, good to see you, like on like Facebook Messenger and shit I'll like buy that. I'll drink next time I see you. Yeah, really. <laughs> Never sees them again. Yeah. <laughs> That's at least what I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't been out to shows in like three years. I don't know. Nobody drinks no more. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and way too much fun at home. We decided to go up Friday evening. That way we can get some rest, get up Saturday morning, be able to enjoy ourselves and not feel rushed from having to be on the road all day. So we get to Davey's house in which we're going to load up and Tony shows up. Yep. In, uh, in my SUV. Your SUV. My Yukon. Yes. And that, that thing rode really nice, actually. Yeah. It, it was a little shaky when we first got on, but by the, what was that? When we first got on, it was jerking bad. All right, so for like... That's when we got the trailer. Well, go ahead. Sorry. So like for car people, that's an 03 Yukon. They used to have Air Ride in them. 
that was a pretty early inclination of Airod. Yeah. So they fail. <laughs> and so the guy bought that truck from had had switched out the Airod to just regular shocks and so it gets a little little body sway until it right. evens out and I can figure out what the speed is and I think we might have distributed some of the weight in the in the back. I don't yeah. know, but yeah. Either way, regardless, after that quick little hiccup though, it rode really yep. smooth and it was a We were straight quiet. chilling. <laughs> well, because we had enough room. Yeah. <laughs> so when we pull in, um God damn it. <laughs> like, I thought we were glossing Here. over that. Oh we'll, we'll do this. I'll just go ahead and get rid of it that way. You won't have to worry about it I'll again. Just use my core. <laughs> yeah. Are you Here. comfy? Here. See? Respect your elders there. Alex. Swap it out. <laughs> For the lovely but, folks but we at don't, home. But we don't have butts. We need cushion and shit like that. Right? All right, so. <laughs> we have no natural cushion. So, we get loaded in, and we go, all right, so how are we going to fit everything in? Because we got a uh, driver, passenger, and then directly that behind that, another seat, another seat behind the passenger, and then behind that was a basically a bench seat that could fit three if you wanted. And we had my guitar cab, uh, personal bags, two guitars for me, two guitars for Cap, Davy's bass, we a lot of shit, and, and uh, you were thinking it was <laughs> that I had the short wheelbase package, and I was thinking this will totally work. Yeah, and then that then cycled us into the downward spiral of dealing with U-Haul on and, a Friday evening, and we were expecting mm-hmm. a so, sixth uh, person to ride back with us too. Yeah, yeah, and that was the other thing that was causing an issue because we were able to figure out if we pushed one of the seats up, we could fit my guitar cabinet in because I'm a picky fucker and right. I have to have my gear. Thank God we didn't do that though, because. It would have been uncomfortable. It would have. Yeah. So in in the process of us slowly figuring this out, we just how we get to get a U-Haul and finally get to a place after stopping at two. Two locations. And you might as well pick it up at this point uh, because you disappear for what seemed like five hours. Yeah, I was going a long time. I realized that Charlotte has become quite the uh, multicultural hub of mm-hmm. the Southeast. And Especially the area we were in to right. get the U-Haul. There was a lot of Spanish-speaking folks trying to order trailers and a lot of English-speaking folks trying to transact (laughs) said trailers. And it was hell. But anyways, (laughs) that took about an hour. It seriously did. Like We started getting concerned. that was going on where the cashiers weren't understanding the uh, request. So, So we're sitting in the car, and we keep going like, someone needs to walk in there and check on them. Because you were getting annoyed. This was the third spot. I was frustrated. I was mad at myself (laughs) and then said situation. Not because I was mad because I isn't. Anytime we try to get to the rim, it always feels like a chore. Yes. Somehow. Yes, that's kind of what it was. I said, another damn rim show Uh where I'm trying to get to it and nothing works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, I had my car break down like the night before. One time we went to the rim and had to rent the entire U-Haul van and uh, uh, get those fucking beanbag shows. Yeah, the beanbag show. That and having messed up uh, short buses, but yeah. So yeah, so we're sitting. Dude, in the, that so, was a rim show too. <laughs> so we're just sitting in the car and we keep going. Davey keeps going. I'm gonna go check on him. I'm like, no, because you know, as soon as you get out of the car, he's gonna come walking out. That's my boy. But he said that like three times, and I went no three times. That's yeah. my boy. I just the shit that I was hearing was like, can this man use a Mexican credit card? 
well, it's not my, and then the, I could tell that the guy was like, it's not even really my card. It's like my sister's card. And I'm going, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God like I'm about to lose my shit. <laughs> I was going crazy. And it only got better when we finally got the reservation. Yep. And I found out that the connector that I have, the uh -huh. adapter, that was what was wrong. All the fuse changing and everything was all for nothing because I just got a new trailer. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry that I got that a little late. It's <laughs> only about a yeah. month late. And I plugged in a brand new adapter and the lights lit up like the 4th of July. I'm glad you and Davey know about cars because me and Alex know dick. <laughs> you might want to rephrase that. <laughs> well, they we know cars, know. we know dick. That doesn't sound right. I mean, I'm just kidding. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> No, because by the time the dude even fucking got out there, moving slow as fucking My molasses. My favorite line was, give me your papers. That's what, <laughs> shit. That's what he said. I was like, you mean my receipt? He said, give me your papers. I was all like, right. all right, dude. So we're in, yeah, because we're in the car. He walks over there. He comes back to the thing. He goes, what's the reservation number? And you tell it to him. He walks over there, stares at all these trailers for like a good 15 seconds, comes walking back and says, show me your papers. Yeah. You hand them to him. He looks at him. He hands them back to you, walks back to the trailers, comes back to you and says, let me see the paper one more fucking time. <laughs> I was like, they're all the same trailer. <laughs> so you've been here this whole time. Finally it's comes the, back and goes, yeah, it's the one behind that one. Yeah, he's trying to give us a trailer behind the trailer. Yeah. And they were identical trailers. This is the biggest clusterfuck of a trailer like, get I ever Can't you just give me the trailer of. that's in front of the trailer that looks exactly like the trailer I want? But that's not what's on the paper. <laughs> so, But again, he's like saying it as if like, oh, well, now you're shit out of luck because yeah. it's the one behind it. He was saying it with like that much defeat. Right. And I'm about to hop out of the fucking car going, I'm a scrawny motherfucker, but I can lift and move this thing. It's yeah. on fucking wheels and it's empty. Move. <laughs> That guy was not having it. He was ready to go party. No, he was ready to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Finally get it hooked up, and then, like you were saying, the lights just wouldn't even fucking work. So was it their trailer lights? No, it was my adapter oh, that okay. wasn't working. And then, like, we kind of got it working, and they, they came on enough. And he was like, man, you can barely see him. And I go, what the fuck do you care, man? Let us go. <laughs> they they're they're working. You can send us off, and if we die in a fiery crash, you can be like they were working when they left, and that was it. Your hands are clean. Yeah, really. <laughs> and then and then we finally get on the road. We get about maybe three out, about maybe two hours out, and then Davey just on a whim decides to take a look at it, fixes it. Yep. <laughs> That's just what Davey does, isn't Dance it? Does those things with a knife and. Davey's a country boy. Don't let the mohawk fool you. My dad would call it Bubba Rising. That's what Davey does. He Bubba Rises things. Yeah. Bubba Rises. Uh huh. It's like jerry rigging, but Bubba Rising. <laughs> no, and uh, it was just kind of cute being able to kind of look back at that and go, used to be Davey would be the destroyer of things. Now he's the fixer, the fixer of things. Of things. <laughs> I know Sober's. We did all right, though, right? I think so. I like playing with Davey. I've only known Sweets over Davey. Haven't. Hung out with Drunk Davey. Mm. Well, I've hung out with him one, Drunk Davey a couple times, but he, not... He doesn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I never like was out of hand or anything. No, no, no. You didn't stay late enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you, you definitely was around him a little bit more than we were, so... Yeah. Well, I did find funny, though, so next morning, got a wild hair up your ass and gave Brad a gift. What did I give him? A curtain. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you forgot all about yeah, that. Yeah, didn't I stole you? that from the Milestone, that idea. <laughs> the Milestone used to do that a little bit more. I think... Um, so they had their own curtain set up? Yeah. Who did it first? Was uh, I don't know who did 25 it. 25 minutes to go. I'm not sure if they did it first. I know that uh, Dead Kings used it on their 10th anniversary Might show, it, too. Ah, that's what it was, because Dirtbag played that show. Yes, okay. did, along with King Size Killers. I've still got the poster. That's what it was. King Size Killers, I forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 that's what it was. And they had the pink and black balloons and... Go-go dancers behind yeah. them. And then 25 minutes ago, I believe, used it probably like after that. They and did. then we did it for the 21CG, I think, album Radio Destroyer show. album yep. release show. Yeah. And it was always... Has this mystique to it? I it just felt really good. It did. It was especially fun because it, it's formed from basically you coming barreling down the steps, looking at everything, and going, "Let's just do this." And we kind of stared, studied it, kind of looked at his setup, and about maybe two hours later of hooking um, shower curtain hooks into yes. <laughs> black sheets of cloth. You had to make two trips, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> when I get my mind on something like that, there was pretty much no stopping me. I'm frustrating as hell when it comes. Ask my wife. Like, if I get my mind on something, it's game over. Like, if I've already decided, too bad. So I decided <laughs> there was going to be a curtain that night. <laughs> fuck's sake there was about to be a curtain that night and that's what happened and it worked out it went good oh no it was awesome it, it was just funny because it was working really great but then for some we we put that it was that straw that broke the camel's oh, yeah, back yeah, yeah. and that first bit of wire just snapped yeah, as soon as it put like the then. last hook on yeah, it yeah better to happen I love that y'all were like so into making that happen too because it gave it a show aspect too and I love when small places like yeah. Milestone or like the rim can have something that makes it a show yeah. too and let's be honest Super Jet's like this kind of fun, cheeky. It's a rock and roll band. Rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. Like, not bigger than life, but we're bringing you the bigger than life music. And we're, we all like to perform. Yes. Like, we, like, we like the performance aspect. It's of the it. one time that we can kind of get out of the seriousness of maybe our other band. Not, I wouldn't say seriousness, but. I mean, but no, there there's a bit of seriousness because our own brand is kind of connected right. to that. Yeah. So yeah. the way we exude ourselves on stage with grave rollers, dirt bag fill-ins, Kelsey, whomever, that that's still kind of a part of who we are. When we do something like this, it's almost like Halloween. Yeah, it's like uh, totally Pretty much. Like, screw it. Uh-huh. We're going balls to the wall, no matter what, <laughs> and we go. Yeah. But we're so, all. But we still want it to be good too. Yeah. So that, that was basically the lead up. And last time you were here, we were still kind of being coy about it and still kind of figuring out what Super Jet is. And I think it's going to tie into our little conversation later on. So mm-hmm. what 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 was Super Jet? We kind of teased it. At the end of the day, what are we? Um, I think we're an extension of, this is a lame way of saying it, we're an extension of our influences, but really we're an extension of just wanting to explore music we don't get to hear. Mm-hmm. Right, I think when some of the songs we chose were quite the endeavor, right? Yeah, and oh, yeah. We didn't we didn't execute one of them to its best ability, and I think you you learn a lot about the band that wrote that song, and then the band you are, and then how to bridge that gap. Yeah. So to me, it was, and then the other part of it, two was it was the most fun I've had, just not having to worry about selling merch. Mm-hmm. not setting up a banner. Oh, I took mm. it seriously. I mean, it was just so much fun to just go and not give me, I mean, we wanted everyone to like it, but really in a weird way, it was all for us. 
Yep. It was. It, it was really totally was. for us. And, and we were all on the same page with it, too. Yeah. So, Superjet is just rock and roll from every corner of the earth, plus our own shit. Yep. Sprinkled and that, in and there. And that was what was fun, is throwing our own shit in mixed with, yeah. you know, these songs that maybe people just really haven't listened to, or, you know, the ones that do know it never hear it enough. Yeah, like, when know? we went... So, the first three songs were probably... To me, the highlight because they just seamlessly went together. When we went airborne, yeah, and then into "Love Me Again" by Goliath, and the third mm-hmm. one was Danko Jones. Was Danko Jones? Yeah, like that bang, bang. We went boom, boom, boom. I was like, oh, and also it kind of validated twenty first century Goliath to me, like what I was singing like or what I was trying to like mold my. Rock, I, you know, I didn't want us to be a ACDC-esque band. I didn't want us to be a modern band. I wanted us to be whatever we all liked mashed together. Yeah. The fact that that song sandwiched in between Airborne and Danko so well, I was like, fuck yeah, I had it right. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Well, that- and, and I love how well that did turn out because, again, you know, I, I didn't have any sort of creative or motivational or any sort of big hand in Goliath at all, but I still hold that very close because, you know, due to, you know, the unfortunate, you know, thing with Scott being right. away and me filling in for him, I got to do a bunch of really cool shit. Yeah. So it's like that soundtrack was kind of like that. That music is kind of the soundtrack to me kind of getting my footing and dealing with these larger shows mm-hmm. and having these really cool experiences. And it was very it felt like not really even a full circle thing it was just very i don't know the way to describe it it just felt right yeah. playing it again up Look, there you know scott wrote some riffs man that dude he wrote some great songs and and I and i had to learn how to play along to all that too which yeah. is a challenge you you learn how tricky he wrote some of those riffs he didn't oh, yeah. just like do straightforward shit and, and no, the think, only reason i still had it together was because i went ran into the yeah. same issues cap was having because grayson and i we would just have to have like sit down and just be like dude what the hell is he doing right you know? yeah. and he would just have to show me. <laughs> yeah and i think i sing a little bit i don't know if i sing differently but i i had different cadences and and just you know, way I, I, I definitely heard it from the record Definitely different yeah. from the records, but weren't you doing that uh, while you were in Twenty One CG playing live? Yeah. As, just, after you, uh, after the recordings are are with you for a minute, do you like figure out what you can to make them sound better live and stuff like that too? I, mean, so I definitely hear the differences. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting. You you think of a song and then you go, well, you almost immediately go, how can I make it not linear? Like mm-hmm. whatever cadence I sing this song, whatever journey I take you through through the lyrics, how can I make it not predictable right and this the bands we like like helicopters that even though Daniel Jones is straightforward rock and roll he's not linear no the way he does it you know so he's a bit Paul Stanley-esque with his vocals yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's a hard ass song to sing so I think I think to me that was what I got out of we are a rock and roll band that that brings in the flavor that you know unfortunately don't you don't get to hear these songs so I don't feel bad about being uh a band where we're like 60% covers. Yeah, but the covers are all bands that never tour the States either. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to hear this song. So I, I appreciate it if I were to hear it from somebody else. So I hope someone would appreciate it from us. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that spirit and attitude with it is what has kept the whole thing being fun between the, 
you know, six hour rehearsals and everything yeah. else. It's like, that's what kept it fun is because the music we were playing was so enjoyable. And for me, for a completely selfish aspect, being able to look off to number one, not having to be the center of everything, not having to be that had to feel pretty good. It honestly was because trust me, I love being a front man. I love it. Give me, give me all the attention. Why do you think we have a fucking podcast? Yeah. So, so it's like, I'm not shy from that, but to be able to just sit back, be able to just play guitar, but then look to my left, not being center of attention and seeing one of my oldest friends, mm-hmm. one of my closest friends, Davey fucking Dirt, who I love like a damn brother. Sweetest human on earth. And your nephews, who I've quickly fallen in love with right. just as much, and they're awesome They're dudes. great dudes, yeah. And being able to just look over there and then look back out at the audience and see all the faces looking back and just go, this was all worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, just every bit of headache and annoyance throughout all the years of making music <laughs> just like those little moments like yeah. that make it so worthwhile you know what i took away from it i got to live out my teenage dream of playing lead guitar in a badass rock and roll band that's got to feel good too it's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> see tony's just the damn dream maker no, pretty dream much <laughs> i make the dream team work and that's fun and i get that's everything we play is totally in my wheelhouse so yeah. And that was what was enjoyable too, is you know to be able to give Cap that outlet of not having to play bass and not have to play country. Well, we talked about this band was the focus Cap. Like not a lot of people know that, but we we're like this is the showcase Cap. I play rock guitar too, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's been doing all kinds of things. We're like, well, let's let him do what he does, which is play guitar and mm-hmm. all pentatonic bullshit. But it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but no, again, it's one of those deals where it's like I got to you know express that a little bit too, and that's always a fun outlet. And actually here, pull up the set list, because even though we played it front to back, I still, yeah. I've not listened to that playlist. <laughs> I just no. jam the fucking uh, Swedish rock stuff at home when I'm just in, in a rut between Phil and stuff, Kelsey stuff, I need a break from, you know, all the stuff I'm involved with. I play the Super Jet playlist still. I'm looking forward to us getting back in the band room with no pressure, because, yeah, and for any, I don't know how many people who are would maybe be in a new band mm-hmm. you may be a seasoned musician but starting a new band booking a show like before you're ready is a smart move stressful move and it it works because like we <laughs> had our backs against the wall matthew being still in virginia having to travel <laughs> six hours mm-hmm. so it was tough but i knew again that's another thing i learned from scott he's like you book a show and put your back against the wall you have no choice Unless you want to be embarrassed, so yep. us doing that, like we that. probably we rushed it, but we would have never gotten in the band room like the way we were if we didn't have a deadline. Yeah. We wouldn't have because what have we done Nobody, since then? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody said no either. Everybody said, "Y'all want to do it in a month? Hour change?" And we're like, "Sure, sure, yeah, the most <laughs> yeah." It's aggressive like, set list ever. <laughs> yeah, it's like no one was like jumping the bit, being like, "Yes, yes, yes," but like we all just kind of looked around and went. No one's what? saying you don't want to do helicopters, backyard babies, wild yeah, really. and fillings, and twenty one seeds. It's like one of those like, bag. It's like fuck. I love all these songs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. it's like no one wanted to say no, but at the same time, everyone was still nervous, so we all just kind of went, <laughs> "Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, let's do it." <laughs> we all want to, which means we're all gonna take it seriously. So yeah. let's do it. All right, so yell out the setlist because it won't be the same next time. No, I won't. We got uh, hurry up and die. It's, it's out of order. I'm just, I'm just pulling a uh, Spotify because the only ones not on Spotify were the Goliath songs. Right. And Goliath ones, we did Love Me Again, Life's a Bitch. 
uh, uh let's see how far this goes. Oh yeah, let's see how far this goes. Mm-hmm. And lipstick, yep. Yep. And after that we had Hurry Up and Die from Turbo Negro. That one was fun, but I think we ought to cycle in a new turbo. We'll probably get rid that of that one, one yeah. No would sound fun would be fun as hell. Get it on. Ooh. That would be sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you already talked about first date. Shoving rocks from Backyard Babies. I great still tune. love playing great that tune. fucking song at home. One well, of the new ones, but such a great song. If anything, I think that one ought to stick in there because oh, that, yeah. that was a lot of fun. Good. Along with uh, <laughs> Brand New Hate. God, that was so fun too. <laughs> I didn't like really appreciate backyard babies until i started digging yeah. through this playlist because i thought they were like more cock rock and when we anything. added steven matthew's brother yeah my other nephew uh the harmonies between Dude. alex mm-hmm. and steven were ridiculous i was like that sounds professional shit and like i've never had that like and so steven knows he's he's like professionally trained type understands real harmonies. i was gonna brag on your nephews for a minute uh the woman Kelsey and uh, our band did the uh, Thomas Street uh, headline deal. Uh, Matthew and Steven were there. And really? they totally got a set in where they were harmonizing everything. And everybody's just like, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Right. And they've been doing it since they were like 10 years old. So oh, that's awesome. It's like an unfair yep. advantage. No, and even with all that, I don't feel that I'm a very strong vocalist at all. But what I can say is I feel confident on doing backups. Right. Because I can kind of start finding that area in my head and I can always find some sort of register to harmonize with. It may not be what was on the record, but I can find something to match with you. So I've, I've always just felt more confident on doing background vocals than anything. And that's the thing too, with uh, all these, everybody that's involved with Superjet, we're all like seasoned recording musicians too. Yeah, exactly. And have enough records under our belts that we know how to write songs or like tighten up songs and stuff like that too. And this one I wasn't even a big fan of until we messed with it and made it work, right? Which was Hell's a Lot Better. That one just felt a little boring, but what we did with I it had to kind of mesh though. into Life's a Bitch. Yeah. That, that made it a lot more fun for that, me. I, had this, I just had to get an old firm casual song in there somehow. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, in a weird, this is going to sound strange because I'm such an ACDC fan. I didn't want to do an ACDC song. That makes sense. Because I didn't want I this to be... Because everybody does ACDC. Exactly. And it would be so a shortcut to... Hell's a lot better as ACDC as fuck. Exactly. Up. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, this even- is basically an ACDC song, but done by an oi band, and I'm going to make that work. That was the trick behind that. And I get to play slide guitar. <laughs> and you get to play slide guitar. <laughs> and same thing with the next song, Stand Up For Rock and Roll, Airborne. Mm-hmm. It's like, that. that's ACDC enough, too, with that kind of choppy riffage. I'm starting to come around on Airborne. For the longest time, I did not take Airborne seriously at all because no. I thought they were just ACDC light. But now I kind of put them through that uh, lens of, say, like the darkness. So I'm a darkness fan, you know but I totally funny? see it for what it is. Like. Isn't it weird that we get bands that are so iconic that no one else is allowed to be like them? Like, why does ACDC get to be the only ACDC band? You get that with Elvis, too. Yeah. And with Led Zeppelin through Greta Van Fleet and exactly. shit like that. Exactly. Like, why do they get to own that space? Maybe it's kind of tied to the idea of everyone not being a fan of, like, reboots and remakes. Yeah. I don't know, but, like, Rose Tattoo, mm-hmm. they were... They were I think they preceded ACDC, if I'm not mistaken. But You're talking all the late late seventies. I mean, they were they had kind of like the punk rock speed and all that they, too, right? But I mean, 
That's a different vibe. Well, it's a angry, sim- similar. Angry's but, voices. I mean, I guess. But Airborne has like the ACDC groove and all that they shit. Do. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Rose Tattoo <laughs> formed in Sydney. There you go. Yeah. In 76. Okay. So, 76. 77 would have been. Was when that Rock and Roll Outlaw? Jailbreak came out, right? For ACDC. And then, uh, well, ACDC formed in Sydney in 73. Yeah, because Jailbreak oh. came out in 74. At least that's Jailbreak. 74. EP, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 73 and then 76. All right, all right so, so ACDC. But they were all. Doing that, it was, but but he, I'll even take a step further. Cinderella is '80s, yeah, ACDC, mm-hmm. yeah, because there's a lot of bands that had crappy AC- band name, but I actually like kind of I like a few of the songs. I think the difference between Airborne and all those bands is that all those bands that aren't Airborne, like the Cinderellas and all that, had ACDC elements that were easy to point out. It just feels like Airborne, like we mentioned earlier, is it feels like a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, derived. Yeah, version of but ACDC. I think, you know, pre-now, where everyone can jump on the internet and go, well, they fucking sound like this band. In the 80s and not, no one cared. No. Like, that sounds that sounds fun live. And there yeah. were a zillion ACDC that. copycats. And you know what? I mean, that groove is undeniable. I so. mean, Dangerous Toys. Yeah. Which then is now... Um, oh, man. Jason McMaster's band. Broken uh, Teeth. Broken Teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Now... You can't like broken teeth comes out like why well, is ACDC? And they can totally toys get back away with it. They would have been like that's rock and roll. That's awesome. Or exactly. the or the wild. They kind of have an ACDC thing going oh, on man. too. I love I that think, band. I think and I issue, saw them with Airborne too. That's correct. I know it. God, they're so good. I joke about that saying he saw fake Bon Scott and fake Brian Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's but amazing. But they're both solid bands. But yeah. everybody, it's hard that like, people do get picky about you know similarities being that close and stuff like that yeah and it may be if the band as a whole just sounds like that like i, I don't think people would maybe get so up in arms like if if we released a song that was just like a straight acdc song i don't think anyone would start going oh the villains are that acdc band because the next song is going to have a heavier riff and the next song might have an acoustic in it so Got it's it. like we kind of hit so many different things or something like greta van fleet it's like they didn't have a single that was like Led Zeppelin. It's yes. like down to their look, they're kind of copying it. Yeah. And he, and like Airborne, it was like ACDC mixed with Black Era, Black Album Era Metallica. Yeah, and they don't look like ACDC at all. They look they like don't. a they look like a diamond head like fucking British thrash metal band. Oh yeah, looking at them, you would never yeah, expect that pants, they play like, whole, uh-huh. like yeah, yeah. long curly yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Look. Actually, side note, because I know we were just talking a lot about Airborne. Have you seen that documentary of theirs on YouTube? No. It is fantastic, man. Uh, it was a documentary they were this doing. This one came out two years ago or whatever? Yeah, it was for that last okay. record that came out. And they did like a little tour diaries thing where they're on the bus and like oh, full I interviews. Love, I love those. There this is a, such an awesome moment. The singer, I forget his name because they all have those fucking uh, names. Joel. Thank you. He actually goes and walks the arenas and the stadium or the um, music halls they play, and he finds the handicap spots. That way, during his guitar solo, he runs out to those handicap spots and actually plays for them because they're not He's able just to get so a close solo with them. That, I saw that too. And that's that's uh-huh. great. That's great. He was a super nice guy when I met him because I was at this club. Oh man, I think it was called like the chair. Anyways, it was in Melbourne. 
and uh, it was on ACDC Lane, this bar. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And there was a band that I actually, I gotta remember that they broke up. That's why I don't remember who they are, but they were playing. It was a Tuesday night, and I went and saw his band. Oh, I know what happened. And he was like, hey, we're having, I think it was called Cherry Bar. He's like, we're having a Cherry Bar, like, end of year awards tomorrow night, so come back. So I was like, I'm in Melbourne. I was like, well, I'm coming back for that. Yeah, yeah. I come back, Airborne's there, and I walk up to, it was right when they came out with that that second album, and I just said, dude, I've been listening to this album religiously all year, and I, and I wasn't lying either. I was like, I've been, I've been rocking the shit out of it, and he noticed my accent immediately, and he was like, where are you from? I was like, North Carolina and the United States. He's like, holy shit. What? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. and then he's, he just starts. He's like engaged, yeah, fully yeah. engaged. <laughs> There's some girl there that he's talking to. And then like, he totally disengages this girl. And then I'm like, <laughs> and, and he's like, Oh shit. There's a fan. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was totally fun. But, That's um, hilarious. I got a couple, I'll, I'll show you a couple of pictures, but there's like a couple of pictures where we're like, Totally broing out with our arms around each That's other. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a really nice guy. And then I got kicked out. <laughs> Is there a story behind that or? I was just shocked that I felt like I had kept it together, but like. <laughs> Apparently the uh, bouncer disagreed. Yeah, like the bartender was like, get out of here. And I was like, all right. It's weird, <laughs> like when you're traveling alone in a different country. How, I don't know. What was going on in Australia that made you want to go there by yourself? I was working. Okay. But then um, I patched in a couple nights on my own. And so I was working in Sydney and in Perth. And I had like a week buffer. So I went to Melbourne and, and I visited a friend. And I had a my client. This is how cool it is. My client. Australian client. Yeah, an Australian client <laughs> who was like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm going to a show. I actually had bought tickets to go see. Don't laugh at me. Steel Panther and Buck Cherry. You know what? I'm sure it was fun. Together. And, I'm sure it was and fun. you know what? That dude <laughs> who, who took me, who, who, who I went, I ended up taking him to the show. Yeah. Became a Buck Cherry fan immediately. I'm sure. Because it was yeah. it was awesome. I'm just going to tell so you. So what you're saying is uh, next time Buck Cherry comes to town, we're taking Alex. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> You might not have a choice. <laughs> you can't get I'll me pay for your ticket. Come do, on. Do we get to meet the band and uh, be like, hey, this is Alex Stiff. He, yeah. hates, your sh- he hates you. Here's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly surprised you didn't get a t-shirt. My little fuck Alex Stiff t-shirts. I mean, is it too late? A little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I have to make it semi-exclusive. Dude, the last thing I need is another t-shirt. <laughs> You're, Dude, no, as I'm moving my houses right now, I'm going, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. My entire wardrobe is t-shirts. <laughs> All right, so what's the re- what else is on there? Uh, Baby is a Head Fuck from Wild Hearts. Great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really listen to too much Wild Hearts before that. I just love that song because it's such an easy, like, Core progression, but just a long diatribe about him not getting laid. Yep. After spending that much time with it. Not one repeating word. <laughs> Except my baby is a head fuck. Yep. Trust me, I understood your pain on next. When we do uh, felons, we do I don't want to grow up. And that's the same that's, way. Yeah. Nothing, yep. nothing gets repeated in that one. Uh, and then, of course, our originals, like Feeling Good from Felons. Uh, I Go Back from Dirtbag. Um, and then just some late editions, Going Out Tonight. Sex Slaves. Yes. Yep. 
That was a good addition. And that was fun to add in because not only do the sex slaves play a big part with dirtbag history, Mm -hmm. but when I was playing in uh, 21 CG, we got to open for them. That was like the night no before shit. we got flown out to Cincinnati to open for Slash. Oh my God, we I forgot. We a couple of rock oh, stars. We played in Atlanta mm-hmm. with the Sex Slaves yep. and then got on a plane to Cincinnati to go That's play. That's cool. Yeah, well, no, it was we, cool. We basically red-eyed it. We yeah, did. Really? What venue did y'all play in uh, with for the Sex Slaves show? It was that It was that bar. Okay, so you, when you walk in from the back, the bar was immediately to your right. The stage was kind of right there after you loaded in. I don't remember. Big-ass space. It was in a strip mall. Is it still okay. there? Oh. Might be. I can't remember. <clears throat> Wait, no. So, cool so, so there, you're not thinking of the place in Atlanta we played with for Devin's place, are you? No. Okay. Because I was going to say, because we did that too. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was Smith's, <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, all these things end up, it's so weird, but. You guys know how it is. You played. We're so talking many, about they how, all blend together. We're talking about how uh, Paul Stanley has to have teleprompters for his like raps about where the first place they ever played in Charlotte was. <laughs> oh yeah, cause, well because he was talking, he's like, yeah, and he brought up the place he's where got the first place card. Well, yeah, I'm just sitting here going, I'm like, you know, he didn't remember that, right? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like that's there for every show. Yeah, I forget names. So we all forget names of places we played at. Yeah, <laughs> and we've not played nearly as many was, shows as these so guys. So I, I um, I saw driving and crime, uh couple weeks ago here in Charlotte and they did this song I don't know what it was a newer song so I didn't know it it's talking about like older places and and memories Mm -hmm. and somewhere he he was like the milestone like he's like calling out all these like venues like that are the deep cut some of the ones that I know about that I wasn't here for in Charlotte like there's one that was really popular that I wasn't here for that was in Noda area. I don't know, but but he's calling out and everyone like some of his old Fat head. City. Fat City's it. Yeah. yeah, he's like Fat City knows and like the milestone goes. Like, it's like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, all right. Well, see, and I always think about driving and crying because you were showing me those guys a lot to and from the Goliath practices yep. too. So it's crazy how all this just connects. <laughs> they, may, they may come up later, boys. I'm just gonna tell you. And then the last one, and then the last one in the uh, set that at least is on that I have in Spotify list, which is "Carry Me Home" helicopters. Yeah. And that was our, I think, Achilles' uh, heel. As funny as, yeah, it's <laughs> it, the hardest one was? to play, but I think it went over well. And uh, fucking Brad and Satanic Panic played fucking. Um, Got to get some action now before we went on. And, uh. Oh, yeah, yeah, because close to the show, we had Mama Tequila opening up for us, which is the Rim House Band, awesome group of folks. And then uh, Satanic Panic, which we've talked about many times on the show, we finally got to share a bill with them. So... So rad. fucking good. Holy so fuck. Rad. <laughs> and I want to see hell smells like farts. T-shirts. I want that t-shirt. Brad, if you're listening. Make it happen, bro. Actually, I do think Brad listens, so. No, that that really was, that that was shocking because they have the three-song EP, but they played a good, like, 30-minute set. And Yeah, they were great. And yeah, it's like a fucking. Uh... It actually made me wish we were playing a shorter set. Because <laughs> I'm like. Damn, that 30 minutes says badass. Like, it's just compact, hit you in the face, get out. Super well, shreddy. But, well, yeah. again, we, we had our rock star set because it was the debut show and yeah. for the special folks at the rim. It was like, definitely the longest debut show I've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. It'll no, be I, fun to get back to a 45 minute or for sure. Oh, yeah. No, because it was all those plus the Goliath songs and talking in between and guitar swaps. It was, but, it was definitely a longer set that I played in a while, too. But yeah, with the helicopter stuff, it was like Nick. 
Anderson just with all his songs, just, just their their arrangements are very elaborate. Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh, they definitely are. Do you feel like you learn something or absolutely cool. from oh. all these songs? Yeah, not completely. just like not just like the the more complicated ones, but from like the Sex Slave songs and stuff like that too. Just about just tightness. Yeah, like a little trick here and there, and kind of a little something something. Yeah, and it's funny because every time I play in a project with you, I learn guitar tricks because the Goliath stuff was like that notch or two right above what I was used to playing. Mm-hmm. It's like a good three-fourths of it clicked, but there was just those added little elements that was right above my pay grade, technically, of, <laughs> of a guitarist. Right. So it's like I really had to push myself to be able to kind of like um, Ballad of Charlie Guns. You remember that intro? Oh, yeah. Fucking, I could, it took me for, I, that was one of those sitting in my room for hours just playing that riff over and over and over so I could finally get it. And then when it came down to this stuff like helicopters, um, uh, shoving rocks, there was definitely some little guitar moments in there that I just really hadn't messed around with. And, mm. be, and being able to finally play those Cat started sending me some stuff he started writing and I'm just like, oh, I'm in the same boat. I'm uh-huh. in the same boat. Yeah, it definitely has not rubbed off on me as far as putting original stuff together. Yeah. No, and and, it, and all of this, just doing the whole Super Jet thing was really fun with me because, as I've talked about also on the show, even the origins of the fill-ins started with Radio Destroyer playing in the background. Cool. It started with the basis at the time and us talking, going, let's do the fill-ins again from not doing it in Roanoke. And I was like, yeah, we just got to find a drummer. We started listening. And I was like, well, that <laughs> Always, guy doesn't that play anymore. Yep. Always got to find a drummer. <laughs> and then the weird shit on just how things happen, literally like two hours later, Mikey just showed up and I'd barely known the guy. <laughs> he, he showed up. He's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Steven just pipes up. He goes, oh, we're the fill-ins. We're starting to start a band. He goes, oh, cool. Can I try out? And without even me saying anything, uh, Steve was just like, yeah, sure. He goes, all right, so all right I'll be right what? back. Let me ask you this. <laughs> when Mikey tried out, mm-hmm. were you like... That doesn't sound like a tryout, but how serious was like, it? Well, this, were you like, this will work? Or were you like, how the fuck am I going to make this work? <laughs> well, so if, we're, if we want to go down that just a little bit. So after I went, well, this guy plays drums. I stepped outside. I happened to have Matt's number because I had met up with him like two weeks prior at a Super Sucker show. Right. And we had just randomly met up like, oh, you're that drummer from Goliath. Hey, you know, and we just started chatting. And after I walked outside and gave him a call, it was just kind of one of those, if you're interested, I guess we'll kind of find a place to practice. You know, we're just going to kind of figure this out. Right. So even when Mikey was like, well, let me try out. I'm just like, all right, cool. You know, it was just more or less one of those like, I guess it's a full band. Yeah. We, we'll make something happen. But like your band was way more punk than it is now. Yeah, and well, so like Mikey fits what y'all do now way mm-hmm. more than what you because did. Mikey came from a completely different background. Well, I was off. I was also used to that because the Roanoke version of the fill-ins, uh, the singer Jason, is one of his favorite bands was Limp Biscuit. I remember that. So it's I mean, like, I, I was... We never let you live that down. I mean, he played with a drummer where all that was his favorite stuff, too. So and I was like, dude, that fucking guy's got to go. <laughs> and he's thinking, you know But so it's like, I was used to that. And then the drummer we eventually had, he was super into like Rob Zombie and horror rock and stuff like that. So no one... And also, 
I wasn't finding anyone. Hell, that's why we freaked out when I was living with you and you were like, you know who Danko Jones is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I didn't know anyone up there that knew that kind of music. So it's like, it was going to be the same thing back in Charlotte. It's like, you were the only person I knew that I could like show you my deep dives and you go, yeah, dude, I've known that shit for years. Listen to this instead. Right. We, we <laughs> talked about this before, but yeah, I had a Danko Jones, uh, you know, I've discovered them long before I moved to Charlotte too. And when Alex Yeah, and we Matt, had our moment on that too. Because Alex and Matt were like, I love Danko Jones. I'm like, wait, somebody else knows who the fuck Danko Jones is besides <laughs> <Yeah>. me? <laughs> and I knew that if I could at least have, because I knew Matt's uh, style fit, like the things that he liked, I liked. Steven, he more or less just wanted to play in a band. And that's kind of where Mikey was coming from too. So I'm like, okay, I can just make this work. And the easiest way to make that work was... All right, four count, everyone. One, two, three, four, bop, 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 and just hit it just hard yeah, and yeah. fast. And also, I feel a little more comfortable saying this now. It's like it was also kind of pandering to the town a little bit because it's a very hardcore and punk rock town. Mm. So I was also into that thing. And metalcore as fuck. Exactly. So it was also that thing of if I'm going to do anything music in this town and to be noticed, I got to play the style they like playing. Yeah. It didn't work. And that's why you see us playing the music you see us play now. Because <laughs> we played those shows. I'm that's sure it's working. I'm sure 21 CG has had to play those shows too with all the metalcore bands yeah, and course. all the punk rock bands too, right? Yeah, I mean, countless ones. I mean, that's just earning your keep. I tell Matthew as he's starting Wilma out, I said, dude, you got to realize that you're about to eat a ton of shit. Yeah. And you're going to be playing bands that you don't understand why you're on that bill. They have no business playing. Yeah. Well. It still happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just realize it. Charlotte's just a weird hodgepodge of like anything you can think of for better or worse. It is. I love it. I love Charlotte. And I sometimes hate it. It, But at the end of the day, I chose to stay here and live here. Music, we chose rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> the music scene did grab me early, so there's something to be said for that. So well, it feels I'm, like the music scene's even changed a lot since the Dirtbag days. It has. But because even though I wasn't heavy in the scene, just due to age even by then, yeah. it's like, you know, I was aware of who you guys were, King Size Killers, Dead Kings. Yeah, I mean, you Russ, were, Russ was still playing. We talked about Brother that 10-year anniversary show, the Dead Kings that we played. Mm-hmm. That was one. That's when Dirtbag was just starting out. Yeah. And so... It was almost like a weird way. It was like a torch pass because I don't think Dead Kings played that much after that. Not really, no. And uh, we got the respect from some other people in general just because we got the love from, you know, Jeff and, and yeah. all those guys. And I mean, that was even with the era of like we were saying King Size and Flat Tires. Flat Tires. That was that was the first band. I, I, I moved to Charlotte and on a Friday night, I went to the Milestone. I Googled um, like what's going on tonight? Like I, I think it, or, or it might have been Creative Loafing at the time. But anyways, there was a thing called the Queen City Meltdown, and sure as shit, I saw the flat tires Friday night at the Milestone. That was your first local show, or was your yep. first mile? I saw Clint. You know, like he's like spitting beer everywhere. I'm like. I'm at home. This is great. This is like this is where I belong. You, know? you got to play show with the flat tires, didn't you? Oh yeah. Okay, we, that's what I thought. We did that. We did that Fourth of July show where nobody yeah. showed up. See, I couldn't remember if you were in the band by then or not. Yeah, I love the flat tires. 
Now, you want to know what my first local show was, Tony? What's that? It was Wednesday 13 headlining, and the band that uh, opened up first was the fill-ins. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to Christ. I love Wednesday. Actually, our topic that you gave us today, mm-hmm. Yeah, I had Wednesday 13 on my on my list. Really? I ended up scratching it off, but like... I'll give you. I'll give you why I had him on the list and he didn't make the cut. But mm-hmm. like, I actually had him on my like honorable list. mentions. Yeah, he's like an honorable <laughs> mention. Well, speaking of Wednesday, and it kind of ties in with our narcissism too. Uh, he's got a new record coming out in which Jeff Clayton has a guest vocal on. Yep, uh, I heard that it's badass. It is. It it really is. I've heard it yet. And Jeff actually has a few other guest things lined up that I've gotten to hear about that haven't been announced. Cool. That. Uh, the classic punker fans are gonna shit themselves cool. over. Which oh, fuck. And, and then in addition to this. that, we even have him on our new record. I know. Yes, and indeed. that song crushes. <laughs> uh, Thankfully, it will be the first one released. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, just for the record, everyone out there in Radioland, I've heard the new Philly's record. <laughs> All right. All right. This is two podcasts in a row, y'all. Have you listened to Daigle's episode? Yet? No. Did you? Word for word said the exact same thing. Are you serious? <laughs> well, look. Deadlock and Dirtbag. We All right. think alike. I guess we're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker is badass. Thank you, man. And I listen to it. Like, it's, it's, it's in my workout playlist. Excellent. You know, when I'm banging and clanking in the gym trying to get skinny to keep up with you motherfuckers. It's not, it's not too different. Because there are some that we we made some choices no, no, on no, this. No, nothing record. consciously ever went. Listen, we're not yeah. writing Sergeant Pepper's or anything, yeah. y'all. Well, no, no, not that. But but there are definitely some moments no, in the record. I feel like people are going to listen to and go, oh, they they made a choice on that. No, what what? There's two things I really really like about it. One, seven songs felt so much fun. It, it, it was seven, right? Yeah. I went. Man, I wish there was more. And saying that makes me go, there shouldn't be any more. Okay, I like that. So that's one. And then as I'm listening, I'm going to go, well, what's the throwaway song? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe this is it. And then it would kick into like some part that I like. I'm like, this ain't it. I, <laughs> so when you only get two song seven and you're done with the album, you're like, there are no throwaway songs, which is kind of like the antithesis of how most early 2000s and back albums go, right? Like right. you yeah. 12 the CDs. or 13 because you had to have 12 or 13. Right. But five of them were throwaway songs. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Seven of your killers, and you say, fuck it. Yeah, it's an album. It may be 28 minutes long, but it's an album. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And hey, for us, seven songs, 28 minutes, that's a fucking accomplishment. Usually, yeah, that'd, be, yeah. usually that'd be 15, 18 minutes max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a great album. I'm so proud of you guys. And Thank you. It's just so much fun. And it's because so I don't fun. take uh, compliments well to pivot quickly, when is the next time Grave Rollers are yeah. going to be doing some yeah, shit? So, uh, <laughs> it's a good pivot. Um, <laughs> we've established four songs that we have written. I think based on Fifth Man Studios' schedule, we'll probably get in there early fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a very back-to-skating punk rock EP. Hey, that'll be fun. Yeah, like you heard wait. one of the songs uh, you say at Tommy's Pub, but it's going to be just, you know, here's the thing about the Grave Rollers. You got Tommy, who's sorry, Tommy, if I if I blow your cover, but he's in his <laughs> early fifties, right? Looks great, 
great. You, you look you look fantastic. You look great, Tommy. <laughs> you handsome son of a bitch. Yeah, but like I mean, he went out skating like two weeks ago. Really? Yeah, and like you know, busted his knee up and shit. Oh, shit. But like. <laughs> I love the fact that I got a 50-year-old skater in my band. Like, it's like the most... Well, that, that helps validate it, because I'm sitting here going, I'm like, Tony, I know you ain't a skater. Oh, no, I don't skate. No, I had a skateboard. I know Tiki ain't a skater. <laughs> yeah, but John's a big-time skater. Is he? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, John, and like, so when I was growing up in, in Charleston, I surfed all the time. Okay. So like, I had a skateboard, but it only got me from point A to point B. Like, mm. and if, if it was anything, I was out on the water surfing but we all listen to the same music it was like for me it was offspring bad religion rancid mm-hmm. like you you thrash like i didn't listen to it while I was surfing obviously but you get back in your car like crank the fucking offspring up let's go <laughs> but so i was in the game like the, right. the whole 90s were like that as long as you didn't rollerblade, you were fucking cool. <laughs> I had a pair of rollerblades. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. a, I was in West Tennessee. Everybody had fucking yeah, rollerblades. Nothing was cool in what in yeah, Brownsville, we Tennessee. Totally beat kids like you up, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so like John's totally skate like so we we like fast music like that, right? And uh, I think that this EP is a, in a weird way. Everyone's going, fuck it. This is what we like to listen to and we yep. like to play it and the, some of the songs now they're thir- these songs I've been listening to are like 30, 20 years old fuck it we're gonna play a couple songs like that so you plan so, on doing any covers on the EP or just originals not no I think we're gonna do just these we're gonna do probably four on this front one and then we'll do a back at, we have a couple also that aren't done right I'd say we have like two or three that aren't done and oddly enough they're a little bit different okay so the We'll probably do a vinyl again and do like front and back, Ooh, like that'd the first, cool. kind of like Reno Divorce did. Yeah. Okay. So they came out with an EP of four songs. They'll come out with EP in a year later, another four. Then we'll we'll print out the the vinyl. No, that's a good plan. I so like that a lot. so the front, I think we're anticipating it be like go fast, mm-hmm. and then the back will be like go slow. Like, I, I was actually going to bring like that. that up because even though you do have, you know, those skater punk roots of, you know, Rand said no effects, bad religion, which, you know, you have sorrow in the set at yep. times. Yep. I know that Elvis and, you know, and that slow dreamy kind of music is a big influence. And I know it is on Tommy and stuff like that yes. too. So yeah. I would be really interested to hear you play in kind of that more sixties crooner kind of. It's fun. And it's so like, we do have one song that's kind of, that we we've reserved and not do for this first four song batch. That's kind of like um, in the vein of remember uh, from dusk till dawn, mm-hmm. where they like they down bound down. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Like I think um, Tito and Tarantula. Yes yes yes. So it's something in the vein of that. Like it's just okay. Like real... It's almost like a Tarantino desert rock exactly. Kind of thing. That's exactly. So we got a song like that, and we're like, well, it does not. It would be such an outlier, mm-hmm. and it would be the fifth song, and we're because you, you think eight songs on a record's the appropriate vinyl, right? And so we said, well, let's hold on to that one. We got a couple more that are we're playing around with. Or, I mean, 10 is also good, five on each side. True, true. I mean, depends on how long, you know. Like, yeah, because we ran into that issue. We can, because like, we, a, like a song like that, like that desert Tarantino rock can can drag. Absolutely. And some of these, we've, we've gone total like municipal waste, 
like really break down like like really getting see that that's gonna be pretty really getting hard you guys. with it yeah 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 <laughs> it be, it's it's i just love it because no one said this is who we have to be mm-hmm. we're a bunch of curmudgeons that go we do what we want we're not going to get too intricate we're going to play skate music on this one we might play a little bit more you know Southern, Western, I don't know what the hell you want to call it on the other Well, one. I think you set you guys up pretty well with your first release because, you yeah. know, you've got slow stuff like Fourth and Vine. Then you've got Death Comes and Knockin', which is closer to kind of skate punk kind of vibe. Yep. So I, I think you just kind of set yourself up nice to kind of go in multiple directions with that first record. Oh, yeah. for sure. Even, hell, I remember uh, I tinker around with... Uh, an outlaw country version of Annabelle. If I'm just dicking around with an acoustic nice. guitar at home, that you can, <laughs> those songs are so good. You can warp them into anything. Yep. And that, and that's kind of the fun thing about it. So I think that's something that I maybe kind of picked up from you throughout the years is even with all your different projects, those projects never get stuck in a bubble. Yep. Cause even Dirtbag would kind of flip around and do some different stuff. Yeah. I feel like, uh, we've all kind of, we were all kind of a point. I think Tony more than anybody is uh, more conscious about songwriting and arranging too. It's like the songs are, hold up by themselves no matter what um you know lens you put them through Mm -hmm. i like that a lot yeah and actually before we go into our little final thing here where did you because this ties into just a random thought i just had about you where did you get your songwriting techniques from man Because I've never really remembered you mentioning anyone in your family, like in someone older that was musical. That no, kinda... no, I think, um, you know, my if you're talking about my family. You're talking about my family. <laughs> about my family. <laughs> I mean, from my parents to my brother, it was, it was doo-wop Elvis. I mean, it, it didn't get past, like, to, to my family, like my brother and my mom and my dad, mm-hmm. the Beatles ruined rock and roll. <laughs> really? Yeah, like they were that's the Stones family. They are Stones family. Like my my, my right. mom's a Stones fan. I actually went and saw the Stones with my brother a couple months ago. Uh, the Beatles are like dead to them, kind really? of thing. Yeah, and and pre, even pre Stones, it was, you know, we listened to the Temptations and Smokey Robinson, mm. and and then we got deep on like the magnificent men and, and Frankie Val. I mean, my family's from South Jersey. So right. was, my dad danced on American bandstand. That's no awesome. Shit. To give you an, an example of like how deep this runs. God, that's awesome. My parents won a jitterbug contest like 10 years ago in Pittsburgh. You ever see those, um, those, uh, you'll see them on public access TV where they're selling like the 25th anniversary of doo-wop, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they did those in Pittsburgh and they did this whole event, like everyone in the crowd. Mm-hmm. My parents were in those crowds. So like if you, now it's like, now those CDs are like 15 years old, but like right. it was the 25th anniversary <laughs> of, of, and Smokey was coming back. It was the first time you'd ever seen like, the Gladys Knight and the Pips ever there are all those yeah. little infomercials and shit like that well, right the, yeah exactly yeah, I know what the, you're talking like, about you give us a hundred dollars we'll send you these six, six CDs, CDs. <laughs> don't, take, don't take my word for it take Roger Daltrey's yeah, word for it <laughs> so my parents went to those it was in Pittsburgh and at the hotels they did jitterbug contests my parents won a jitterbug contest That's at one of those nuts. things so my family is laser focused on that style of music. So when I think about 
how I'd write. I think about a lot of love songs and and breakup songs. If you ever mm-hmm. hear any of my shit, it's it's usually breakup songs, love songs, right. and car songs and hanging out with your right. your friends. So that's part of it. But then there was another part where bad religion came in, mm-hmm. vocabulary came in. Yeah. Uh, Rancid probably helped a little bit too because they were pretty wordy. And I hate to say it, but like in a weird way, Valiant Thor kind of kicked in because really <laughs> he was like really wordy in his songs. Like he used a, a high level of vocabulary. And so I would just kind of think, all right, so this is a totally different way of thinking about cramming words into a song versus stretching out words in a song. Mm-hmm. And, and so my songwriting kind of smashes in the middle of that. No, that makes and I'm sense. always kind of thinking like, if this is how people would expect it, how can I make it to where they'll still like it, but it's unexpected? Right. You want to break the... I was actually talking with Eddie Ford from Self-Made Monsters about this the other night, uh, about breaking the linearness of it. Yes. You know, if that's a th- if that's a word. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. I mean, it's definitely the what you would hope to do. I mean, this the old adage, there's only so many notes, right? Absolutely. You got to try and change it up. Yeah. No, I just thought about that because I don't remember what song it was, but it was when you were starting out Goliath. And uh, we were in the car heading somewhere is when I was still living with you. And there was an old demo in the uh, CD player. I was like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm just writing lyrics for this. And I remember you you were still playing it and you were still just kind of humming it. And I remember that kind of not really leaving an impression because I would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But it's like it fascinated me because I was listening also trying to write a melody. And I couldn't think of anything but here you were just kind of humming along and doing different stuff and that's what kind of sunk in with me even all the way to when we were writing songs for this new record Mm. we had a cool riff but i just did not know what to put on top of it and i sent it to you and was like tony do you hear anything on top of this i love the riff we eventually just modified it as the first track we eventually just cut out guitar and just left it where it's just drum and it made it where i felt a little bit more free on vocal but I mean, we had to change the song for it to work so that i just remember that leaving an impression on me and just kind of well like let's all right so let's take love me again for a minute because that was one of the first songs i heard from goliath that i wrote a, a lyrics to okay so it said and you can maybe you can pass oh, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> over top of the <laughs> and and so it's like Like, so it's, you look too fine for words. Dun, 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 you got to write to the drum patterns yeah, and all that, so too. I, I wrote, like, I listen to music, not write it. Right. And uh, I think that's probably because I don't play an instrument other than harmonica that mm-hmm. probably lends itself to more the the songwriting process. So I'm always like, well, what would I want to hear? How would this be? punctuated by the the accents of the guitar so that's how it goes i mean to me it's it's pretty unprofessional but it's i mean everybody has their different tastes and their favorite songwriters they pull from to put things together too like i got stuff that i write that's completely different uh mind that is a completely different mind frame for what you talked about too and Mm -hmm. that's just part of it everybody has their tastes and what they pull from for each specific song and what i've been finding for me lately is when i get in a block i just need a launching start like, cause like for even uh, a lot of the lyrics on this record, Cap wrote a lot of them and Mikey wrote a lot of them because I would get like the first two verses in the chorus done 
And then I would go, uh, I don't, what? yeah, I, I think I feel like I said everything in these first few verses. And even though they, you know, Mikey may not be able to come up with an entire verse, he can at least throw a line at me and then I can go, Ooh, yada, yada, da, da, da. And then I start kind of bouncing back off of it. So I, I've been finding that's where I've been finding a lot of my inspiration, even with guitar work. Yeah. Cap will start riffing on something. And I'm like, Ooh, I like that. But Ew. I, I, Ew. I, but I did Gross. I, I, I hear this though and then it's like we'll start playing and then we'll you know, go down somewhere else and then may completely forget about it for like two months mm -hmm. then I'll just pick up the guitar again and be like hey remember that riff you played he goes yeah I'm like check this out <laughs> and then we've yeah. got something totally and I'm just like good job you wrote us a song yeah. and part of it is just like making sure you have something on record if you have something that you think is good have it Recorded yes. just so you can if you send it to somebody and do they you can do pick that a part. Vocal yeah, harmonies? I got it. Not vocal harmonies, but like anytime that the band gets something going, we hit record because the likelihood of you remembering it is slim to none. Exactly. Oh yeah. Hell, it's like any little thing. I get it down. Yeah. That back half of the first song is a riff Mikey's played just jamming the practice space since like the first album days yeah. and it's like it just finally found its way into a song go. <laughs> right, i got well, a request you got because i've been having these delicious oktoberfest beers you need a pee break can you hit that sweet little pause music that i've heard so gracefully <laughs> while I go pee? we'll take a quick intermission <laughs> i'll be right back yeah intermission treatment is this fucker i don't drink like the, the gin and juice bit where it's like man this tanger rate talking to a brother well maybe if i had more friends that came over that drank maybe i would keep you know a couple beers in the fridge but, you know you know, so someone over here is supposed to be, you know, starting up a business podcast with me, supposed to be, you know, doing some video content for me this to edit up to make his Instagram look all good and shit. You this know? is the business podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> Actually, I know. Well, I told you we have to put it on a calendar. That's the only way it's going to happen. Well, you see, I've got a nice 12 month calendar. Yeah. That way I can see everything all at one time. This house move has fucking been shit. I bought know, a house I'm and I'm that. selling my house, so it's like a double whammy. No, I, I'm fully aware that next year I'm going to have to move. <laughs> it's like after this lease is up, I'm finding me a cheaper place. So it's like oh. I know I'm moving next year and I am just dreading it. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have to do the same thing myself anyway with everything that I'm going to work extra hard for all myself. Yeah. Too, so. Let's get back into this motherfucker. We have, we've been back in. <laughs> Ever since we started bitching about beer, we've been back in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually thought a little bit of homework for you guys. Because um, I knew that eventually we'd get to this point. We're only an hour in. And now we would be sitting here going, uh, uh, yeah. uh. So what I proposed to us is for us to come up with a three over, three under, completely unoriginal band list. Um, three overrated, three underrated. Um, and that's really about as far as I thought it. How, yep. do we, how do we want to go about it? Do we want to... 
go round table one at a time? Do we want to give our full lists? Mm, I like one at a time. Yeah, we can do that. All right. So do we want to go pros or just go, go underrated? Unders, unders. Let's go unders. All right. So because originally I was just think sitting here thinking shit is so much more fun. Yeah, it, it is. Want to end? Well, and because also I was thinking this semi ties in with the whole super jet thing because one of the ideas or at least kind of one of the little buzz sentences I'll see and if it would catch on as you know the greatest rock and roll you've never heard correct you know so it was always under that mindset of these underrated bands these songs that we feel like hadn't gotten the right amount of attention we want to help promote it more so at first I was like well let's just give our top three underrated bands but then it's like come on we, we gotta have some fun let's go overrated too and have a Truth. little bit of a bitch fest mm-hmm. alright are well, you gonna kick this thing off I might as well yeah, uh, my, I mine totally is, stole his thunder you. I did. He, he was ready to do something and I told him. I know, and like, he's so excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, he's all like, fuck you, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm seriously just saying, were you wanting to go first? No, go. Okay, well, I mine's, don't start. mine's super predictable. Mine's super suckers. For right. Because with going with your criteria that we were talking about downstairs earlier, you know, having some sort of success. Uh, they did have some MTV success with Born With A Tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some radio rotation in there. Played with Willie Nelson. Uh, on the Jay Leno show, I think it was. They're still tied with his camp, too, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, what do you say? They've been around 25 years? Oh, over. 30. 30. Yeah, They're doing 30, their 30th yeah. anniversary oh, show so, this year. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I remember listening to them in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, And that was one of those. Is like The only reason I wound up hearing about him was because uh, Eric, my stepfather, he was a huge fan. Mm. And he was like, here, listen to this. And he put on a Gato Negro. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. this is amazing. Oddly, in a weird, they were actually played on the radio in Charleston pretty regularly. What song? Was it Born with a Tail? I think it was Born with a Tail, but we had an independent radio station, 96 Wave. I think I've talked about it before, but yeah. that station was so good and they were so diverse. So Super Suckers got played regularly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I found out who they, I mean, they actually did, you can find this on Spotify for everybody curious. You can find their acoustic set that they did on 96 wave back in the nineties. It's on Spotify. Oh, um, super Suckers one? Yeah. They did a, I'm pretty sure yeah, it's yeah, on Spotify, yeah. but they yeah, that's did not, Cause I've, I've got a lot of their live uh, yeah. bootlegs and stuff. And, did and it, now that I know it's one of those studio acoustic set. Oh, wow. That's probably my favorite thing about the super suckers too. They can be the greatest you know, sounding rock and roll band in the world, but they can also sound like the greatest country rock band yes. in the world too. They know how to blend those genres so fucking well they and were like actually pick it apart and be like, hey, this music is basically the same thing just through like different lenses. Exactly. And Smart actually attitude and I knew you would have them on your list. Mm-hmm. Technically, they're on my list. Right. But I have a backup. <laughs> yeah. I was say, you knew I was gonna I pull that gonna one. List, so. But for the record I couldn't think of anybody more deserving in terms of underrated than the Super Sucker. So, totally agree with you. Okay. Well, what's one of your backups then? All right. Well, let's not go backups. Let's go with like my top one. Okay. In the same vein. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned them earlier, Driving and Crying. Yeah. Because they had that success in the 90s. Mm -hmm. They, um, you know, between like their versatility their catalog Mm -hmm. and i just saw them not too long ago and they were doing songs this is how i know i'm not biased they were singing songs from the new album and i'm going oh my god this is amazing so between punk rock to country 
to sing a songwriter. I'm Kevin Kenny really drives a thing, but the the band just hasn't stopped, and they are just one of those quintessential Atlanta rock and roll bands that, to me, it, it's a shame that nobody cares. I'm not. As familiar with Driving and Crying as you two are, how long well, have they been well, around? Well, to actually work off exactly what you just said on people caring, it's like, I'm kind of guilty of that too because I remember you playing them for me and me immediately going, oh, wow. Yeah. It hitting me in a certain way going like, this is quality. I like this. But that was some of the last times I really listened Dude, to it. I wound up not digging back even into Even some it. of their newer stuff. Johnny's Riding Shotgun about Johnny Ramone. Mm -hmm. There's a their record, The Great American Bubble Factory. But then even before that, like, I mean, I I just I can't say enough about. And then Kevin Kenny has solo records that are incredible. But you can't deny the songwriting of their stuff in the '90s and then their stuff that comes out now. I just bought their latest album. It's amazing. It's like a journey of singer songwriter folk rock. A little bit of punk rock song in there. Oh, yeah. Everything you were, I remember you playing. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed. I, I can't even begin to tell you how much. Like, if you were to really dig in, just start with their recent stuff and go backwards, and then end up with their stuff that made them famous for a minute. I need to. It's really good. If you're into punk rock, folk rock, just straight up hard rock and roll, you're gonna find something you like. And to me, that's the best thing. And the fact that you know what they've been doing it for thirty plus years, yeah, and won't stop. They won't quit. It's the same guitar, same. So Kevin Kenny and um, I can't remember the bass player's name, but it's those two mm -hmm. have been in this, the band together forever. And so kudos, most underrated band, in my opinion, period, the end, in, in the U.S. Excellent. I love that. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I feel semi-guilty on that. I do need to go back and listen because I do genuinely remember liking that a lot. Because mm -hmm. um, we had about another like hour car ride and you would just jam Yeah, you were playing shit. a lot of driving and crying and junkyard too. Yep. What was one of yours, Cap? Uh, when uh, Peter Fonda died, I was like every other jerk off and rewatched uh, Easy Rider. <laughs> it's such a good movie. It is such a good movie. <laughs> but yeah. The soundtrack fucking rules. I mean, I like 60s, fuck, deep cut 60s rock and stuff like that, Like especially all the weird shit. I was that kid growing up that liked weird 60s shit like The Doors and like Mothers of Invention and stuff like that and never did drugs. No, I'll, I was the same way. Mom would play stuff like The Doors when I was like 12 and 13 and it's like, yeah, I get this. I like oh, it. Oh, God, I love The Doors. And with uh, one of the bands that was like heavily used in the soundtrack, Steppenwolf. How great was Steppenwolf? How about that? You don't hear yep. anything about, you know, they don't get any praise at all except, you know, Born to be Wild and all that stuff. Right. But Magic Carpet Ride, The Pusher, mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. else that they put out, uh, like, which, you know, everything else is like standard 60s garage rock style, but it right. had an edge to it. It's almost like The Stooges. That's a good one. That yeah. one didn't even cross my mind yeah. while thinking of any of these. Goddamn The Pusher, man. What, like, a, one of the best. <laughs> I had a college band that played uh, The Pusher and the drummer sang it, and that was like our tightest song. I <laughs> love that fucking too. Goddamn <laughs> Man, yeah, and well, that shit was real too. <laughs> well, I actually like this because my next one actually works really well, kind of with his same reasoning. It's a guy that is still pretty popular, but is only known for like two songs when his entire catalog is so much better. Alice Cooper, I dude, we are the same get the praise. level. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, he was on my list, but I'm like, is he underrated? I feel like he is because everyone knows him for "Schools Out." That's the main song everyone knows him for. And then Mr. Nice Guy, yeah. when you dig a little deeper. And you know what? 
The last two times I've seen him, I had to go to Cherokee Casino. Yeah. It's not like he's headlining the Fillmore. No. no. And when he does these double bill shows, he's always in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. When he tours with Rob Zombie, And the he band opens. he has now. He had to follow Deep Purple or had to go on before Deep Purple. He, Deep Purple sucks. He crushed Motley Crue. I'm sure he did. <laughs> he, he might as well put in Vince Neil's head in the guillotine. <laughs> because he f- get out of my way. Like, yeah, he'll just upstage everybody, won't that he? That band right now. I love his band so much. It's so good. Mm-hmm. No. I can only really imagine what it was like back in their heyday. But now, I'm, I, the best thing about that band is you don't feel like you're missing out nope. on the good stuff. Nope. Because he's still amazing. And he writes a set list smart. He writes it to where the casual fans still get all their stuff. They get poison. They get no yeah. more yeah. Mr. Nice Guy. Even they get then. Welcome to My Nightmare. But he'll throw in like clones from and, from that weird uh, kind of techno-y album he did. oh, by Flush the way, the American Girl. Right? Uh, is it Lost amaz- in America. Is an amazing <laughs> song. It's like, so he still really pulls out these deep cuts, so he knows how to write a set list, but... And continues to put out good music. He really does. I mean, his last I mean, few records have been I mean, great. I mean, like here and there, he continues to put out good music. I, I think his last solid release was uh, Dirty, Eyes and Dirty Diamonds. Dirty Diamonds, but still, like his last record had some had, gems on it. Yeah, there was like two or three on there, but still, he puts out like a There's zillion one, records anyway. You, that at song, time. American Girls, tight as shit. I love that song. Okay, I'll bite your face off. Is kind of cool. I was gonna say I just I'm trying to place that song. Is it on the new record? Yeah, yeah, that's why. I, I, I was sitting here going, the, I was like, uh, "Good God, I honestly don't remember that old song. What song was that no, off no, of?" No, it's on the new one. Yeah. I, I honestly skimmed the new one. It it just didn't grab me. It felt like everything just kind of had the same kind of. When he plays Paranormal Live, it's pretty cool though. Is it? Yeah. Well, see that that's yeah. totally valid because uh, hell, this is like the third or fourth show in a row we've talked about this. Uh, all the live uh, shows. <laughs> when uh, go back and listen to that live at Montro record that's on Spotify, he plays Dirty Diamonds on it, and it's got a completely different vibe than the album version. So I'll cool. just need to listen to the live one. Got it. Yeah. What's next on your list, Leonie? Uh, for me. The cult. I had a feeling that was going to be the there Colts, uh, kind of Alice Cooperish, right? Mm-hmm. They 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 hung back in the shadow of another uh, whatever other band was in front of. Them. I mean, the cult I know in their heyday was killing it. But man, I've seen them do. I've seen them play a bunch of times. And yeah. it's always good. The electric album in its in its entirety. I saw them do the love that's my album. Favorite album in too. Its entirety. That was like one of those uh, go to guitar practice. And you know albums. what's funny? When they did the electric album, they left out the Steppenwolf song. Did they really? <laughs> yeah, they did. They totally didn't okay. play it. Yeah, yeah. because because <laughs> their version of Born to Be Wild was kind. Of, eh, it's all right. It's all right. And, all right. They, and they know it, and they were like, "We're not doing it." Yeah. <laughs> but I'm anyone I've taken to see the cult is going why have i never seen the cult before i remember mm-hmm. i took ashley my wife and she was not a super rock and roll fan right and she was blown away well their music is just that fun rock and roll yeah that, and that's what it i has, enjoy it, about it has it. an acdc groove to it a lot of it has that acdc groove to it but with like the jim morrison vocal yeah mm-hmm. style to it i and just love that they shit. found their way you know in asbury doesn't have the voice he used that which no is I saw them do. How the hell do you. That guy's voice was ridiculous. It really was. Yeah. So the fact that he can even kind of fit into it now is is understandable. Yeah. With Fire. I saw him do Fire Woman. And uh, when they do the chorus, like, Fire! 
yeah. that's all the backing. Yeah, that's all the uh, the drummer, the bass player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're doing it, but it's all of them. But yep. see, what I dig about that song is that is a hard rocking song, but there's still kind of like the slight pop element to yes. it, like with the way the guitar is done, and and that's something that really grabs me. It's like it's still such a heavy rocker, but that you get that little get that little extra little touch on top because they makes were that, that fun. They were that goth rock. Uh, they were kind of a goth rock band with a rock and roll backbeat starting exactly. off. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's a good way to describe yeah. it, man. Good job. Because they had that Gretsch tone and all that. Mm-hmm. Now they have a really good time to it. I like that. Yeah. Like Sanctuary and all that. I love that shit. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel we might be uh, talking about a song we might be throwing in the next Super Jet. Uh-oh. So. Oh, man. Oh, I'm, God. Hey, you ready to take that one on? I'll play some Fire Woman. I've done it before. <laughs> I know you have. I just need my backups. I have a Gretsch. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that one of them that we played in Goliath? Yeah, we played that in Goliath. That's what I thought. Really? That's what I thought. Nice. Because we, we had an entire like second set of like covers that's in case thing we about, needed it. That's, that's the thing about the paid. cult too. It's like, <laughs> I wasn't gonna, I just yeah. I was gonna say in yeah. case we needed it. I was we gonna needed, let you say that. We needed the money. <laughs> yeah, the cults. The you want you the, want to peel back the curtain on that one for a second? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the uh, what's what's your one? Uh, kind of in that ballpark, an English band that uh, you know gets played regularly on classic rock radio. I mean, like everybody knows at least. 10 songs by Bad Company, but I think Bad Company has one of the best singers ever in rock and roll and that he is criminally overlooked, and that's Paul Rogers. I'll take that. Bad Company's yep. got some great fucking songs, but people lumping in with the Stixes and Ario Speedwagons of the world and stuff, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, because like, even I hadn't even given it a fair shot. I can say that. But I, I could probably play like 10 Bad Company songs that you wouldn't know are Bad Company songs. You'd be like, oh, I know. That's that one. Oh, I've heard that a million times on Classic Rock Radio. But that dude's voice. He's been in so many other bands that, you know, it's still carried. And he still sounds are they like that, underrated? too. I mean, Bad I know Company? In the grand scheme of things, I think they are. I think so. I guess so. I mean, I mean they, they are staples. And, I'm, and Paul Rogers isn't hurting by any means. Yeah, I and mean, Paul Rogers plays solo gigs. And I've seen a solo, oddly enough, I've seen a solo Paul Rogers gig. And how fun was it? I mean, it you was knew awesome. all this. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's totally like, now like douchey about oh, it. Oh, yeah. He's got like the affliction jeans and shit like that. Oh, yeah. That. He's definitely, he's you know. A nice black t shirt with mm, the silver chain on. He's Monster Energy Rock Dad for oh, sure. God. But Oh, yeah. With the goatee. <laughs> no offense. Oh, <laughs> Hey, exactly. I'm praising the guy. What do you think I get to look for? <laughs> if only I could sing like that dude. No, he's got that old man goatee. You know what I'm talking uh-huh. about. It's like, <laughs> nah, man. But uh, he was in Queen for a minute, and you would think uh, he was. <laughs> it's right. But yeah, God, he, he's dude, always on every, and he's always on every singer's uh, top ten list too. Just because he, he, he never and sings he still high, got it. he does still have exactly. It. But he never sang high or anything like the, that. That either. He always had like that smooth, like uh, low R and B thing, but with like high energy guitars backing him. And he's always had the same drummer since uh, his free days. Free was a great band too. I feel like Captain like smoking these fat joints, just like <laughs> digging into his parents' record. Clip. Oh, dude, my dad totally. Right, who had- am I gonna choose? Bad Company, Steppenwolf, Free. <laughs> You're saying no, that like no, it's a bad thing. No, my Tony. dad totally had a Bad Company record. It was that first one. And you know what? Cap's going to leave here on a chopper <laughs> you know, with an American flag gas tank. Oh, dude. Fuck I would... you guys. <laughs> I would totally look like a midlife crisis cliche on a fucking chopper. He's born to be mild. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> God damn the pusher man for my painkillers. 
<laughs> it's to the point where the joints aren't for getting high anymore. It's just to help with the arthritis. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, I'm there. <laughs> I'm just saying they're not already. <laughs> Holy crap. That's hilarious. All right. My last one, it may just be a cop-out, um, but but my justification on it is um, big co- pop culture references. Big <laughs> Hey, uh. you never know. I don't know. Um, but big pop culture references in the uh, mid-2000s, I feel that they got overshadowed by emo that was really coming up at the time. Uh, but I would say Turbo Negro. Oh, yeah. how about that? Because they were coming up right around that time when like My Chemical Romance, of course, him, because that's kind of the reference I was going with, Evil Abam and Jackass. Yeah, they really they got, got their on my pop. radar. That's got where they kind of got their pop, but I feel that that kind of whiny, emo, guy liner, black hair over the eye kind of music wound up overshadowing what they were doing at that time, and they really didn't get their due. Yeah, I don't know enough yeah. about them internationally to call them underrated that's the only reason they're not because they have like one of the most rabid fan bases in the world too yeah certainly uh i'm i may i may be just kind of speaking from an american aspect right because um because with that being my final one also considered bands like airborne um and stuff like that but because again they rarely tour over here and you know everything else but hank von hell i mean he's on his solo tour and he's playing tiny clubs you know and and even turbo negro when they do finally come over here they play tiny clubs even then it's only destination spots like maybe Mm -hmm. for a festival or something like that to me it's like the helicopters were obviously on on my list but i couldn't call them underrated because the rest of the world recognizes their greatness and another one i had was imperial state electric because of the Nick Anderson helicopters connection and everything else. And still for me personally, I go back and listen to Imperial state more than I do helicopters. Still, I still kind of think that that kind of falls more in my ballpark of music, but me, I still turbo Negro because you know, everyone knows all my friends are dead and, um, get it on. Yeah. And it's like, because that was played all the time in Jackass, but, those records were so good. Plus, with their new singer, uh, Duke of Nothing. Duke of Nothing, yeah. yeah. He is fantastic, He's and amazing. that new record is really great. And so is Hank's new record. Yeah. He did a solo record, and it's fantastic. And if you go like anywhere, uh, any big city in the States that is into rock and roll, you'll see at least two or three people with like the denim jackets with the Turbo Yugen logos mm-hmm. on them and everything, too. But it just feels like they really don't, for, for the amount of time they were put in, and again, I, I just mainly put them on there because I feel like they got screwed over with the shift in time. Now, if I tell someone that, what you're listening to is Termo Negro. The first question is, are they black? Right. I get that too. All the time. And I find myself, because I know it's technically Turbo Negro. That's right. how you're supposed to say it. But I finally, I've found myself intentionally saying Turbo Negro. That way they don't, because I'm getting less of that question we're in the sa- It's easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I'm getting less nobody, of that question. Because nobody knows like, the band really all that much here in the mm-hmm. States. So they can only, because they, so... You but it's like if you over enunciate yeah. it, if you enunciate it the way they do, they're like, oh, is that, you know, like you said, a bunch of bi people's like, no. <laughs> if you <laughs> go into Oslo. it thinking that and look up those <laughs> yeah, videos, yeah. Sure. you're going to be in for a rude yeah. awakening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So am I up? You're up. I'm going to I'm gonna start my honorable mention and then go with the one that I end up plugging in. All right. Oddly enough, Wednesday 13 was on my short list okay. because of his catalog, mm-hmm. his background in other bands, yep. and uh, actually his association with one of my <clears throat> overrateds on my list. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a band that 
not a lot of people knew about that he was doing was Gunfire 76. I remember that. Which was That's a great record. Great record. And so I love his early records and, mm-hmm. and some of his later stuff I've really gotten into. And I mean, I actually, hell, even Frankenstein Drag Queens. Yeah, Frankenstein Drag Queens. So you look at his catalog, he had a little taste of, I mean, you go back and YouTube some of his old stuff. I mean, they and he were, started working with uh, that dude from Slipknot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what, what drove me to go see Wednesday in my first yeah. what was it? local Joey show Jordan's here. Joey Jordison. That was yeah. Murder Dolls. Yeah, and, yeah. Murder yeah. Dolls and, is it. And that's what drew the association and drove my, you know, decision to go see him. I was like, oh, Wednesday 13 for yeah, Murder plus, Dolls. This would be cool. Boy. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, like, he had a taste of success. And, I mean, he still, I would call him successful. He's probably does very well. I know he had held a day job in a while. He's touring sure. full time. Oh, yeah. yeah, for like 20 plus years. So, uh, you look at, the criteria I use was catalog, longevity, mm-hmm. consistency, and do I like it was part of it. Of and so, um, what's the what's the the album that's got a what's the, what's the first couple albums of? Oh God, uh, from, uh, the Frank- from officially Wednesday Thirteen. Yeah, or? Yeah. I'm just having a brain fart. Yeah, on. what had the um, like, Fang Bang? Fang Banger. Fang the one that I really got into, and the yeah, the and then a uh, skeleton uh, Transylvania, Transylvania Yeah, yeah. So it was like Morgan and Wergs mm-hmm. and Haddonfield. Things and to happen to you, and all do that. a bad thing. Yeah, and then too much blood in my alcohol system. Like those songs are thrashing rock tunes. Oh yeah, and so, it's a great you know like play on words thing with uh, horror themes yes. and all that. Horror so, pun. He's great with horror puns. Yeah, you're a great horror pun artist. Wednesday. Yeah, when, uh, but, I, I, I won't say the band, but there was a band practice I would uh, be at, and we would actually spend probably a good twenty minutes uh, writing Wednesday Thirteen parody songs uh, <laughs> of, of like different titles. That's so, hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> uh, with that being said, he did not make my cut. The, because he couldn't bounce Cheap Trick. I respect that Cheap one. Cheap yeah. Trick, I have yet, I've been waiting for a very long time to see them do a headline show. And I just, to my recollection, unless I missed it. I've seen him do it once. When? Uh, this was five years ago at a theater. Not at an arena or anything like that, but was a, it a the tour? headline theaters. Uh yeah, it was uh, just like it's like short run of like theater dates. I must have missed it because every time I see them theater. go on tour, they're opening up for this band or this mm-hmm. band or this yep. band yeah. or this band. Anytime they're on a package, they're always like third tiers or yeah, a direct like support. They are like one of the first openers. Yep. They I've seen them do that and they've blown that band that comes on after them off the stage. It's I like Alice Cooper. Easy top, and I go, what? Why am I staying? I love ZZ Top, but I'm going. I'm ZZ Top's a letdown now. Yeah. Oh, I love ZZ Top, but they're a three-piece blues band that just plays their blues, yeah. as opposed to Cheap Trick, which is you know guns blazing, rock and roll, Amazing. and shit. Well, I mean, and even on that, 
I saw them. I saw Cheap Trick before I had any sort of appreciation for it. Thankfully, I was drugged to it. But the reason I was drugged to it, it was a free show. They were playing Speed Street. Really? Yes. They were what? playing Speed Street, and Jeff Williams took me to it. Oh, my goodness. And they yeah. can play any bill, too, like your ZZ Tops and your Leonard and, Skinner. Yeah. And, and, shit like and that. it was and it wasn't packed enough. It was to the point where we got pretty close. Like We, wow. we were like, picks were like passing our fingertips. Yes. Yeah. Like, it was that close. And they have two huge songs, but they have so many great ones that they really do. And you and Cap, you've actually been the one that's kind of turned me on to a lot more cheap trick stuff because, again, we all just know the the two main hits, right? But he, I mean, again, they just really do have some stuff, good good stuff. In He's it. throwing live Budokan. Yeah, it's, it's basically a rock and roll bible and like this some of the catchiest songwriting power pop like hard it's power pop but they have like that edge with it too yeah. where it's like all the, uh, the the crazy guitar tones that rick nielsen would do and all the re- it's almost like a caricature of a rock and roll band too when you see it live because robin Zander is. is that pretty boy yeah. blonde guy New singing. guitar for every song basically yeah. uh-huh <laughs> yeah and the bass and player's ha- got 12 string bass and shit and I'm, sh- and I'm sure this was an old trope but the thing i remember when i saw him was um he had guitar picks lined up inside of his sleeve. Yep. And there was a part where he wasn't having to play guitar. It was just like drum and, you know, like, how you doing out there kind of thing. And he would like point and they would just like go out from his arm. And he just kept like doing like that. And they just kept flying everywhere. I was 13 when I saw him the first time. And he was like, you know, doing the whole thing. We put him on his tongue and spit him at you. Yeah, yeah, he's like, the best. He was amazing. <laughs> He'll just yeah. come out and have like a 10 neck guitar for no reason and for a song. Still great. That, yep. Like, I mean vocally guitar the whole thing and they still and they still put out music and a lot of it is pretty good still so they i think they probably top the list because they just they never got past like you know the motley crews of the world the the big ones they just kind of were just right under it i see that but they always had a career though and everybody still puts them on that pedestal still what you got for us cap I know we're about maybe 10, 15 years away from these two albums, but these are two still really good albums that Velvet Revolver put out that are mm. kind of glossed, that are kind of forgotten about in time, really, it feels like. Mm. Everybody's like, oh, New Guns and like, check out the New Guns and Roses. Oh, Slash has got this uh, new solo band, which is all great and everything, but people forget how great these two Velvet Revolver records were. They were amazing. You know, that's a really good pick um, because only have I recently started seeing a lot more press stuff. Anytime like Slash is mentioned, I've seen Velvet Revolver mentioned a little bit more. Yeah, there, but, was, there was a time where it was kind of glossed over. It's like, hey, Guns N' Roses guitar player Slash mm-hmm. and shit like that. Oh, absolutely. Right. And, and, it's, and I still think what you said is completely valid. I think they are completely underrated, especially because it felt like that first album was them going, let's see if we can do some radio rock and get popular. That second album was them going, we're just going to make some rock and roll. Yeah. Fuck it. And even then, like, it was still like, you know, red, it was radio rock to, you know, to an extent in a, an era of Godsmack and emo and shit like that. But that's how like, uh, you know, traditional rock kind of found its way on radio at that time in early 2000s. Y'all probably don't remember. At least in West Tennessee <laughs> for, that, oh, yeah, no. for that audience. They, um, uh, is either MTV or VH1 followed Slash around while they were putting that band together. It was like a reality show. I've watched that. Have it's, you? It's interesting. It took I them. I've seen that actually. It's he, pretty wild. He talks about how he was really worried about Scott being on drugs and like. Yeah. 
it was. You, you watched the uh, doc about all the bullshit they had to do waiting on Scott, him being chronically late for everything, yes. and yeah, <laughs> having I important. I remember seeing uh, it in real time and, and just, you know, I was a kid. Again, I was pretty young, and I'm going. See, I would love to. Is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube. And I would love and, to see that because there was one for Motley Crue like that too. Yeah, it's, yes, it's the exact same thing. Inside, it was uh-huh. it was the exact same program the inside out and, and everything. Yeah, it was almost the same time. I mean, those those kind of reality revival docs were mm. were getting pretty popular. VH1 was a wild time in that time period. I remember there was like a. Uh, Super group TV show that had uh, they Ted followed Nugent. Oh, Ted God, Nugent and Sebastian yeah, I Bach. About that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I forgot all so about all that. So, all those were like the precursor to like Rock of Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Flavor of Love. Velvet Revolver was in that time period for yes. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy, if you're listening. Call me. <laughs> My brother met Flavor Flav in an airport, and that's like the uh, he'll he'll uh, out celebrity meet anybody after that. <laughs> All right, now I'm excited. Yes, now we get to now we get to shit talk bands that are more popular than us. Now, um, I feel like I'm going to wind up getting hate for mine. <laughs> already I feel I that not necessarily from in the room but from the audience at least alright so is this in order of importance or just random I just put them all at random cause they're all ones where it's like I hear them and I just I roll let me have it easiest one and, and I already said this I would put this in the group chat that Van Halen and Motley Crue was not gonna be included right. for or me or Kiss or Kiss we, we, could, we all excluded all yes. those bands because everybody knows Motley Crue is the most overrated band of all time and and, and it's like we've bitched about that enough and we already know that Tony does not like Kiss so that was probably gonna go on his and we or love Kiss and you know so it's like we, we went ahead and scrapped those from the list just yes. to make it a little easier but aside from all that if anyone knows me well enough they already know Nirvana <laughs> that's you know what? Get you the most hate. I will know that's not going to get me the most hate. I actually disagree with you, but I understand it. It really with them, I get that they were extremely important for the time. Right. I do not discredit that and and also let me also say for all of these bands, overrated does not mean bad. Yeah. That's let where me I'm clarify at too. Yeah. that right off the bat. That does not mean I think they are bad. It does not mean I dislike them, except for Nirvana. They're the only <laughs> one. So let me disagree with you on that. Okay. Because having lived it, yes, it was, you know, the reason they are rated to where they are, and mm. in my opinion, not overrated, is because they were the first ones to have the guts to do it. The balls to to do like, what, like I'm, every I'm other a little band of the early '90s, though. I I'm mean, like little, they had great songs, and I think that was more of a cultural time. It, yeah, it was I, all I was, right place, right time. Say, deal with you Nirvana. ever hear anyone go, "Damn, they were the most talented band"? And here's the thing: I they, hear that about Kurt. They don't have their own radio station on XM Radio. It's not like they got a whole Nirvana station, but they're no, but, but every... they're on that cult, cultural ep- uh, echelon of like the most important bands of all time too. I I think within reason, but at the same time, it doesn't. It's the only reason Foo Fighters are popular. I think that's different. I think with Foo Fighters, it's different. But with Nirvana, it's like uh, it was post hair metal and where punk rock was kind of like on like the 
I'm an uptick in the late 80s, early 90s anyway. Metal, but they honestly just crushed it. They crushed hair metal. They had the song. Yes, I think and, they had and, the songs. I think that... I, I, I remember and, and seeing... I, and again, I, I do... I don't like Nirvana, for the record. So I'm, I'm, I'm like coming from... Devil's advocate. I'm coming from... That's kind of where I'm at, too. Seeing yeah. it unemotionally. Right. And I remember when Smells Like Teen Spirit came on, and it was like an orange video, and it was like... And as a kid, I was drawn to it. Oh, yeah. And this is kind of like before that next wave of punk rock came, so I didn't really know what punk rock. All I was doing was listening to... In the late '80s and early, I was listening to Megadeth and Slayer and shit like that. I yeah. was like angry little <laughs> metal kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, "All right, well, this is cool. This is different." Mm-hmm. And I think, from what I get, it's no one goes Nirvana's like the greatest band, or they're the. They were just the band that did it right, and so when we talk about overrated, and I'm not discounting what you said, I, I get what you're saying, like musically. Yeah, yeah catalog wise none of it like mounts up to like how we regard them into like the top 100s and shit right but that does kind of get superseded by because they were the first right i think a little bit more to lead in with that though is <coughs> it, it leads in with that whole when someone dies they appreciate the band more i think if nirvana had continued they wouldn't be as regarded as they are today. It didn't have such an intense ending. That's possible. I can, as they and, did. and I think that kind of leads to my overratedness. Is like it feels like a lot of people hold on to that because of the story that's wrapped right, around. Right, but in it. the same way, we don't know story. if they could have gotten better. I think that eventually Nirvana would have split and Kurt would have become just a singer-songwriter doing that acoustic stuff because I think he was happy doing that MTV Unplugged shit. Yeah. yeah. I think he would just become a singer-songwriter and an activist. He would have created some weird shit afterwards. Like, probably, like, catchy and melodic stuff, but... Yeah. Because he was Who a knows? pop writer. I just... I'm not discrediting your choice. Yeah, I, no, that's I fine. knew they would end up oh, on... Oh, no, I feel this is going to be with every one that we list right. up here. I knew they would end up on someone's list. Because they're just... Even out of that whole batch of bands, like... They weren't the best. But... There's something to be said because they were the first. Well, back and, to and like that, what I, they I feel did. like my timeline's off, but I do feel like I remember there was something of like, there were a lot of bands around that time that were starting to make that kind of music, and they were, were just but, the ones. Smells like, like of the world. Spirit, dude, like, the way it hit our yeah. faces, there was nothing like it. And then, then you started to hear rumblings of what they had been doing. Mm-hmm. And they had actually some pretty like thrashy shit oh, yeah. early yeah. on, but everyone says, you know, Bleach is, is it, but like, you, know, you you dig back a little bit early if you can find mm-hmm. something. Like, they're pretty punk rock. No, and, and I can admit that... Breed's um, a fucking awesome tune. That's exactly what I was about to say. I can listen to Breed. I thoroughly enjoy yeah. that one. That's got a heavy little riff to it. I like the groove to it. Territorial nice pissy fucking you're wrong. Ribs. Yeah, yeah. But you're wrong. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but like, I was going to, for the people out there listening, I get, <laughs> I'm going to defend it going, <laughs> I couldn't put them on that list because of I lived the cultural shock. I understand that. Of it. And and I gotcha. feel that especially even with my other two is because I just didn't live through it because none yeah. of I, none of my overrated are current bands. Yeah. I could I couldn't find any current bands to really rank for the overs. All right, so what you got for <laughs> with us, that Tony? said I got it at the very top of my list, Foo Fighters. <laughs> Speaking of Dave Grohl. Yeah. I mean, 
I'll take that one. Yeah, I, I, agree. I actually can listen to Foo Fighters and and enjoy some of their stuff. But one who who elected Dave Grohl the mayor of rock and roll? <laughs> I know like, people have been asking that for a long time. Rock. Nobody but him either. Yeah, it's like whatever Dave says is the way. All he goes. I remember he said, "This is me picking a bone with Dave Grohl," but he's like. They're like, what advice do you have for any new rock and roll band? He goes, just get in your van. Just get in your fucking van and fucking do it, bro. And I'm like, motherfucker, gas was 94 cents a gallon when you were, like, you don't even know. Like, stop, stop, stop. It's like, not everybody can play guitar and drums and write songs and have your outlets that you got early on with Nirvana. country for, you know, a hundred bucks. Damn it, dude. And to work all of your whole who elected Dave Grohl, the mayor of rock and roll town, whoever fucking elected Jack White, the fucking press kit for it. Because no White joke. Stripes almost made my overrated. I was trying to think of a newer band. Mainly because mainly because the pompousness of Jack White. He just gets all over me. It is I actually, can't get on with that either because the rock and tour is one of my favorite bands. See, that's fine. See, that's fine. So you know what? Uh, is it too early to make a transition? Because White Stripes were totally on my list. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, we'll just wrap but those don't you all make, together. I then, mean, yeah. I get White Stripes aren't great, but I put Jack White. Like, he's in... He's made so many better records than the White Stripes. Yes, exactly. So, like, rocking... Anyways, Foo Fighters... <laughs> again, I actually don't dislike the Foo Fighters. I'm not playing them in my radio every day. No. There's a couple tunes that I dig. But, like, I just try and... Str- I struggle to go... Why is this band the most famous rock and roll band in the world right now? Which kind of they are. It's like the songs because are pretty really they're good. They're the only ones doing it. Writing new material. I what know. other band can you think of that's popular and that's still t- producing I mean, don't material? Get me wrong. Song Them and Queens of the Stone Age, really, as far as like mainstream. Well, main I mean, even it. Queens of the Stone Age kind of went trippy on us. Yeah. Yeah, they went full on Tarantino on us. Yeah. <laughs> so on a Foo Fight, when I think overrated... Where they are, I would put them a notch down. Yeah, the, I would see that. Yeah, they've got good songs. I mean, like, there's one, there's only like maybe one or two full on full Foo Fighters records that I like all the way through, and even then, there's like clunkers on each of those records yeah. too. Yeah. So you said yours was White Stripes. Yeah, just because the White Stripes were on such a pedestal when I was growing up, and when I was in college, getting into guitar rock and stuff like that too. And yeah, White Jack White's a great guitar player, and yes, he's a great writer. But well, here I'll, I'll tell you why he didn't make my list. I feel like he didn't make they didn't make the list because they almost should make an underrated list for someone that likes that band, and I'll explain why. After their pop with Seven Nation Army and shit like that. No one really talks about them anymore. Right. No, it was people just talk about Jack, Jack White. White. Yeah, they don't yeah. talk about the White Stripes anymore. And talking about getting rock and roll to an area that didn't have it, me living in Gaffney, South Carolina, turning on the Grammys and hearing Seven Nation Army, that had an impact. So, oh, as yeah. much as I can't really say I love the White Stripes, Hearing that heavy thump with that boom, 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 boom. It's the smoke boom, on the water boom, 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 for uh, right. our era, for sure. It that that 
left me going, wow, that's that's stuff I usually yeah. don't see on TV. And I can never shit on Jack White just because they're rocking tours. Straight up. Exactly. My favorite band he put together was the rocking tours that made records that were way I, better than I White Stripes. Feel, I just feel like his attitude with the whole not wanting to use digital shit and because he owns his own record plant and does so much of this digital shit, he almost borderlines that snobby hipster. And that's what and White that Stripes gets, was. It was. And that gets under my skin. It's like the guitars were cheap and shitty on purpose. Exactly. And, and Meg it's like, was wait, such a shitty drummer on purpose. And it's like, if if that's genuine, if that's just what happens, cool. But it's like what he's saying. If that's kind of shoved and created as part of the atmosphere, that kind of, that gets to me. And that's just jack. I will say, though, I like bands. I can't pronounce it. Racketeers. Racketeers. I do like that. I have heard a few of those that came on XM, and I was like, whoa, this is actually cool. Colors of the Lonely is a great record. Yeah. So I can totally get behind that. So good. Even, uh, what was, oh God, what was the name of the, Dead Weather. Dead Weather's got some jams on it where yeah. that's just him playing drums. Yep. And, I don't know, it still has his, you know, um, aesthetic to it because he produced it and it's at his studio and everything. But, I don't know, what the White Stripes there was that kind of, you know, like you were saying, kind of that, you know, elitist, you know, punk rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's worse than an evangelical fucking punk rock just purist. <laughs> With your white suit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to take mine a little bit further back in our conversation. Um, And this originally was an honorable mention, but I'm swapping out one that I had that was pretty solid. But I'm going to swap it out as an honorable mention because I'm feeling a little bit nicer. ACDC. Is it overrated? I will say overrated. And you like Airborne, which is like, yeah, you're on drugs. (laughs) Only because... And again, that's why I clarified, clarified, clarified at the top of all this. As Cap chugs his beer, find something. Overrated does not mean bad. I love ACDC, but every single fucking person you talk to, they're like, "You play in a band? Yeah. What kind of music do you play? Oh, it's like rock and roll. Oh, like fucking Leonard Skinner and ACDC." God damn, motherfucker. There's other rock and roll out there other than those two goddamn bands. So you're basing their overratedness over some guy with new balances and high white wall socks? Yeah. Over the fact that every single person <laughs> fucking knows about them and calls them the, the greatest rock and roll band ever. Dude, you like Cause they sold Because they sold more <laughs> records like, than, they sold more records than like anybody Buck else. Cherry. They're you like the They're like the Beatles and stuff like that. They're in that epsilon of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. That's why everybody has their t-shirts and albums. And that's fine, but I I don't feel like the amount of different... Again, it's the whole thing of not every song sounds the same, I get that, but most of the songs have about the same vibe to it. I can make a CD, I like the music, but I don't feel that they deserve the pedestal that they're on. But who to else? the point where Axel fucking Rose has to sing for them to go on tour. That Give should, it the fuck up. That should tell you. We're not talking about no. Kurt. Well, they're on. We're not no. talking about Kurt ACDC. But that's but that's what I'm saying. It's like why the fuck do they still have to even go out on tour? They can stop. I saw them with Brian Johnson. Luckily, they're yeah. about to go on tour again with Brian I Johnson. Know, by all why? Accounts. They were great because Brian Johnson can still do it. He yes. still got the voice. But and look, I can, still can do it. But I can still say this about my favorite band, Kiss. I wish they would stop. I'm not. I, I'm, yeah, I don't, can't say I can't they play, can still I don't, do it. I don't play difference is Brian Johnson still can do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we t- promise not to bring Kiss into this. 
I'm not bringing Kiss into this. This is ACDC. No, but I agree that ACDC does need to, should have quit, you know, a while back with Malcolm Young dying and with all the shit going on with the with uh, Phil Rudd because Phil say Rudd, what you want about Bill. You throw a rock and find an ACDC shirt. You say that like it's a bad thing. They did it right. Again, because they have the same fucking songs over and over. It's like there so are does a Motorhead. Lot more, we love Motorhead. More, there are a lot more worthy bands. And no, that's almost where I are. put in my criteria. What's a tighter rhythm section than Cliff Williams, Phil Rudd, and Malcolm Young, though? I get that. I'm not saying that it's bad. I don't think you can find better bands. I mean, they have. There are the. They are the pinnacle rock and roll band to yeah. me. ACDC. Yeah. See, we're just beating Alex. Now. I know, that's right? Fine. That's fine. <laughs> because again, I'm but fine with it because but, but I already the, said I love ACDC. But, but so the, you can tell me they're your pinnacle rock and roll band, but and I can go great. Over, that's fine. But I get say, it. Say that they're overrated in the context of this conversation yeah. is still well, a little weird. Well, <laughs> I, I do feel that they're a little bit overrated, only because again, that's like most, saying Motorhead's overrated because they have the same song and everybody has their T-shirt. <laughs> not really, though, because aside from. Just a faster beat. Overkill is different from Ace of Spades. That's different from whichever. It's like those are still different Dude, enough. Walk all over you and touch too much is all different. Two singers. Than, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and how often do you hear those on the radio? You Dude, hear "Shut Me All Night Long" and "Back you in hear Black." Motorhead on the radio. I hear, but uh, I hear uh, Ace of Spades on the radio. Yeah, it's one Ace of Spades. How many kids? I've, I've, it's not our fault that Back in Black. All right, if we want to hey, go down that one, no. rock and roll all night. Beth, Detroit Rock Shitty, shout it Detroit out. Detroit Rock Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Shitty Rock. Take, take your order, please. <laughs> now you're like you guys, and you most recently, and Jeff Lee's have both been like. Hold on. Let hey. me put together a playlist of Kiss songs, and you'll know what we're saying. How I'm dare? Like, hey, you well, know why what? Why should I have to have that? How dare ACDC have the top five, one of the top five best-selling records of all time? Because too. you judge them by the fucking makeup. You don't actually listen to the music. No, you're, you're I judge them with them when they took off the makeup. That's <laughs> what I saw. Okay, fucking Vinnie Vincent looking at me all fucking like <laughs> a sexy little schoolgirl coming down, going, you just get up, and it's like little cat ladies crawling up their legs and shit coming out of sewers like they're goddamn teenage mutant ninja turtles. I know what I saw. <laughs> Vinnie Vincent just made you uncomfortable. That's it. Vinnie <laughs> <laughs> oh. Vincent ruined Kiss for Tony. <laughs> no, I totally get that. I hate that era too, man. I get that. I have so I have one just as equally as upsetting I, after I this actually, in actually, this context. I, I actually had this conversation with Buck the other night because um because we play Strutter in the set list and it's like, and we were laughing because someone brought that up. They're like, it's crazy you play Kiss and and I know Buck does not like Kiss either. Mm-hmm. I said the funny thing is is everyone always goes I don't like Kiss. I don't like Kiss. As soon as you play it. People start tapping their foot and kind of bobbing their head. They get into it. I mean, and that's why I say you're judging them by the outward appearance. ACDC does have this sacred. Uh, how dare you say this about this? I this just tour. witnessed yeah. it. <laughs> and, <laughs> you're saying, but they're the most I have successful to make version you this of that playlist of Kiss songs. So you like them? I'm saying, just go listen to ACDC. Yeah, just listen to one song. You'll get the gist. Kiss is a little bit more diverse than that. That's not true. <laughs> Again, ACDC has some I Motorhead mean, too. God, yes, Motorhead is more diverse. There's a lot of bands that are like that. <laughs> Whatever. I have now one I'm equally. As, off. I have I have one that is equally as upsetting. To be fair. Oh, now I'm I'm kind of scared to say what the honorable mention was at this point. I, I, I feel like ACDC was a safer choice than what I was going to say. All right, Tony, make us mad. What you got? All right. Um, Piggybacking off the Wednesday 13 conversation, 
I told you I looked at a lot of those American festivals, like who's on all of them. Slipknot. Uh-huh. Yep. My brother was the biggest Slipknot. Slipknot fan. is. I I tried giving them a fair shake. I don't get it. I went and saw them. I saw them with Lamb of God. Lamb of God went on first, and I had to leave halfway through. Slipknot said I just. Wow. I was not having a good time. Lamb of God crushed them. So that's not fair because I've never been a fan of like the detune metal, like um, yeah. shreddiness and things like that. Although my brother had All Hope Is Gone by Slipknot, and that was like the most guitar, you know, porn laden fucking uh, Slipknot record. So as a guitar player, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And Joey's a great drummer on that record too. But yeah, the vibe always fucked with me. Just I just I never could latch on to it. I feel like, and this is going to sound a little like what we just talked about, but I never understood like all the extra drums mm-hmm. like i yeah. felt like i could it's be part a of that industrial music yeah kind of thing and i just i mean they're a good band i get it i get why you might like them and the the mask and everything sure whatever but it just i don't know man like it doesn't seem it's, to me like it's that good it's it's Am I wrong you're, I think, you guys uh, are musicians like i mean I don't what? disagree. Well, here, this is, again, kind of maybe the struggle that Cap's coming from. I also have the same thing, is I've never been a big fan of the detuning shit either. I did go through a phase where I tried getting into a lot heavier shit. That's where I latched onto my little bit of Anthrax right. and Metallica and Megadeth and whatnot. And all my friends loved, like, Avenged Sevenfold and Slipknot and shit like that. So I tried giving those a try, too. And I listened more to Slipknot. I got whatever record that had like that. I pushed my fingers into my eyes song, whatever it is that whatever their big popular one, I got that album. Right. And I tried and just coming from a musician standpoint there for me, there was nothing to latch onto. Yeah. It felt like there was no melody. There were moments in songs that I was like, ooh, this is cool. And I'm a drum fan, and there's plenty of drum chops to right. latch on to. But it's kind of the same issue like uh, Death Magnetic from Metallica. There were so many songs that it's like it had a cool little riff in it, and then it's like it would just fuck off and you would never hear that riff again. Right. I ran into that with Slipknot. They would have some cool melodies and choruses with some backing vocals and maybe some extra guitar shit on top. But then as soon as that was done, it was back to that. If you follow, if you follow like interviews with the guys that put it together, their intent was for it to be as ugly as possible too. like, that's the art form to make ugly fucking metal uh, sounds and the shitty guitar tones and wearing the masks. And that's part of the image too. make the, image and the music as ugly as possible and from an artistic standpoint i get it okay but it doesn't I mean i have to enjoy it <laughs> i guess like i because they have that douchey element too it's like you don't yeah, understand and, the themes of and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and initially when they started out they did the whole kiss thing uh, because I, kiss until they took the makeup off no one knew what they looked like and slipknot kind of pulled that same shit with the mask for a while they were never seen without the masks yeah they're speaking of vh1 shows there was one where they had like uh, the battle for Ozfest. I, I remember, remember that. that. <laughs> the guy signed this like girl's titty, and he's just like, "I'm the fucking drummer from Slipknot" yeah. or some shit like and that. She was like 15, and she got it tattooed, and like they pressed charges, and the show was over. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. it got wow. real quick. But I remember, like for me, I I don't know, I wasn't in the really heavy shit i was in a cannibal corpse and morbid angel and mm-hmm. and entombed and yeah i was that's why and then slipknot came along i'm like yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i guess 
That's just, when it was all becoming mainstream and everything. Yeah, with, it never uh, hit me like on the metal side or the rock and roll side. It just kind of was stuck in this area where I didn't. Now I get all this as preference. There's obviously a ton of people that disagree with me because there's a ton of people that love Slipknot. I just don't get like if you took away the mask and the honestly the pointless drums, the like, cans, uh, yeah, the pointless like cans. <laughs> if you took all that away, would you still feel the same? I don't think so. No, because again, this, coming from a musician, it felt like there was nothing to latch on to. Yeah. It, was, it was a bunch of just loose guitar strings and yeah, kind of. And don't get, Corey Taylor is incredibly talented. The guy's got a great Absolutely. voice, incredible talent. I don't like Stone Sour either, but the guy can sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get why people like that. So, all right, that's it. (laughs) What you got, Cap? Uh, I mean, I get why this is another one of those really culturally significant bands. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my favorite guitar tones of all time, but the Sex Pistols have to be the most overrated fucking band Mm -hmm. of all time in the grand scheme of things. See, that that opens up a whole can of worms that I actually would like to go down sometime, which is the Ramones versus Sex Pistols debate well i'll go ahead and say if it weren't for malcolm mclaren and like all the the shit show that was their lifestyle and the times and the culture around it the sex pistols would be nothing i like the record i I, love the songs yeah i don't deny that i love the music and steve jones guitar playing it's one record yeah and even and the business killed them because they didn't know what they were doing and the only reason they became famous was because of the notoriety and they were kind of manufactured at the same exactly. time. Exactly. And a great name, mm-hmm. image. And had a I guy that couldn't that. play a lick of, had a bass player that couldn't play a lick of music that kind of set the tone for the aesthetic. You got no, for I, England. Well, he got on a little later on. It was a little later, but it, it kind of got on like the worldwide public consciousness in between tours in America and stuff like that. Yeah. You actually don't have much of an argument for me on that. I, I feel like you would have a little bit more of an argument from me on it if I didn't have such a distaste for the Sid and Nancy movie. That movie sucks. See, the, yeah, exactly. The whole, like, the. That, 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 that's the reason I'm kind of leaning on. The his aesthetic end is more celebrated it. than the music, unfortunately. It, it falls under that whole thing of the uh, SLC punk movie, too. It's like, it, it, so many people ha- hold that movie in high regard when I just kind of see that as you like. You like a, SLC punk? It, to me, it just feels like. It felt like a caricature of everything. It felt like it was a parody almost. Well, they. I felt like they shined a light on that. I felt like if you wanted a better light shine, watch Suburbia. You want a better light shine on it, watch Kids. Well, Decline of Western Civilization Part 1. True. Part <laughs> one's a big, yeah. I gotta, it's like if we want to keep digging down one. further into real I got looks. a list of homework. <laughs> you haven't seen Part 1? I haven't seen Part 1. Have you seen Kids? I haven't. I haven't seen the one you that you mentioned kids? beforehand either. I haven't seen oh, it. I may have not seen Kids, no. Guys... Everybody, go home and watch kids. Pause this podcast. <laughs> go watch your kids. <laughs> go watch your kids. <laughs> Hell, kids, I feel like kids should be an instructional video in high school because you get done watching that movie, you don't want to have sex for like six months. Oh, I don't God. Want that. Oh, no. You I say mean, you'll be fine. But... <laughs> <laughs> Ending of it. Everyone else up. will be fine. All I talk about is how much the Sex Pistols are overrated, and we go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> you actually don't get no. much of an argument from me. I get it. I feel and like so, I want to argue you, but I don't have any good argue points. That's, that's kind of where I'm coming and from. And it's weird because the guys in the Sex Pistols, they kind of have that same attitude, you know? It's like, yeah. yeah, we were in the right place at the right time, and we're proud of what happened, but it was very contrived. I mean, even the way John Lydon is now, he's overrated. Like, he's a 
Just this goof. I, well, I, that one I'm going to argue with. I, I love current John Lydon and just how much Dude, of a fuck he does not he give. Was it, it was uncalled for, I mean, totally. But he's pretty prolific with uh, Public Image, too, right? And I like Public Image a lot. Have you listened to that at all? That was his new wave band in the 80s. So imagine oh, no, Lydon's voice with, like, new wave. I don't know wave. anything about that. That's pretty, I like that. It's pretty cool. No, but, the guys uh, in the Sex Pistols were great musicians. I feel like my only argue point would be artists, the right. same argue point that you guys had for Nirvana. Right. Is that they were extremely culturally important, you know, for pushing that, you know, whole brand of punk rock forward. Because yeah. the Ramones certainly didn't have that brand of punk. No. You know, Blondie didn't have that brand. Dead Boys yeah. didn't. Well, Dead Boys were a little bit of a... Well, they, they, they came out after, didn't they? They came out right so. around that same time, late yeah. 70s, and with the New York Dolls and all that. Or yeah. Or a little post-New yeah. York Dolls. Yeah, I would say I would, yeah, I would say that's a little bit more post-New York Dolls. So, yeah, I mean, Sex Pistols were just responsible for pushing that image, and I don't know. That, that I mean, thank, thank God for them, but in the yeah. grand scheme of things, I mean, there are way better punk bands than the Sex Pistols. Well, cool. I'm glad you said that one. I at least get redemption from my uh, ACDC. So, <laughs> so the one I wasn't going to say... <laughs> as the honorable mention just to gloss it over i've actually mentioned it once on the show before my reasoning on this one is again not for how important they were not for how good of songs they were but just why are they so popular even still queen mm-hmm. What's your reasoning? I'm I curious. Can't even, I can't even. <laughs> After, again, like the Bad Company thing, you, I if can't. I play you 10 songs, you'll know all of them word for word. I know that, but it's like, I, I maybe I just got burned out on it, but it's like you turn on the radio, that's all you fucking hear. So what you're saying with between ACDC and Queen is that you're just a hipster. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> no. no, but my, my real one was actually going to be Pearl Jam. I actually had to, oh, so get this. <laughs> oh yeah, they were on my list. <laughs> were they? And you know what I did? I put the Pearl Jam radio station on Sirius uh-huh. and listened to it for like thirty minutes. Right. And I said I can't put them on there. Really? Because there were some songs like they have an extensive. I was like, all right, take yourself out of what you think you know Pearl Jam is, and like if someone. Other than us, yeah, we're Pearl Jam fans. There's a lot more people. Oh, there are. Unlike us, than yeah. like us. I said, all right, I can get it. Catalog talent. Mm-hmm. They're a lot more talented than they're. You know, ten and see for me, see, I just, ten's I don't only like, on my head. See, see, yeah, I, I just don't. Here. I don't like his voice. I don't like his voice either. But I'm just telling you, yeah. I'm not telling you you're wrong because they were they were on my list. I pulled them off after listening to them. I didn't like any of it. Yeah, I had to just go. They're too good. But look to to throw it back a little bit again. That's why Queen did make the honorable mention because I do feel that ACDC is a bit more overplayed than Queen, and that Queen has a little bit more significance because we want to talk about variety, tons of different songs. A little thing called Love that could have been an Elvis song. Bicycle. I don't even know what it's the fuck's going British on. Song. Yeah, it's like, but then we will rock you. Is I get it. Bohemian Rhapsody is fucking amazing. Woo! But it's like I do feel that if we want to go on just the amount of just sure sick of it, ACDC does top a little bit higher than Queen in the rank of overrated. That's but, why I don't listen to classic rock radio. <laughs> exactly, but it just it just feels like 
that and again that has nothing to do with them not being good or not that because you're sitting here acting like i'm saying i hate queen <laughs> i just feel I know that, queen's overplayed like a motherfucker and I that's get it. why i feel that they're overrated i don't they're think that's overplayed. good criteria for being overrated Okay, well, the only reason they get played so much is because everyone's still so nuts about them. And to me, that means they're overrated. Do you hear those songs? I know, but... They're like some of those intricate songs in rock and roll you've ever heard. And And somehow it got popular in the 70s. Somehow got popular. I get Nobody's going to let shit like that get on the radio in this time and place, you know? If I have to hear that fucking Flash song one more time, I'm going to throttle a fucker. See, See, 80s Queen is... You don't be, want 80s Queen can be garbage. Time. See, and I don't mind that one quite as bad, but it's just... <sighs> tie your mother down, tie your... M- you would love that fucking song. It's a ripper. Queen but, had rippers, too. But it's like, I am sick of Bohemian Rhapsody. I am sick I'm of sick We of Will it Rock too. You. I am sick of all of it. And it's like, but people, you will still get people going like, fuck yeah, and like turning it up. And it's just like, no, please, we've heard it enough. But, I feel the same about Rock and Roll All Night. That's so overrated. I'm sick of that song. It's like the ACDC I can conversation, say it. too. I get it's like, it. I'm tired of the hits, too. That's why I don't listen to classic rock radio. But there are so many other yeah. ACDC and Queen songs that are better than but Bohemian Rhapsody and the hits so and Back in Black. There are so many other good 70s rock and roll bands that could be played in their spot. Like Sweet, there are so many other good songs other than Fox on the Run those fuckers could be playing. It's like they almost made my underrated list. So it's like, to me, it just feels like there are so many other bands that were just more deserving of a spotlight. Not that Queen is not deserving. Sweet is not more deserving than Queen or ACDC. Yeah, that's... All right, we're moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I will agree with Tony on that one. Just because you can pick out a couple more Sweet songs. Sweet's got one good album. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, To be fair. (laughs) The second's a compilation. <laughs> nice. All right, I got the I got the the number one, the Almighty. And I find it funny that my is, my selection was Pearl Jam, but we spent more time on Queen still. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna beat this one. All right, what you got? Green Day. I will agree. I'll agree. I have Green Day jams that I really like, but mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, yeah, why them and not? They're an arena band. Why? Yeah, it's like why them and not uh. Hell, even the Offspring are playing smaller venues than Green Day are, and they have way more catchy, you know, I, hooky yeah, songs. Exactly. You name Pennywise, Rancid, Bad Religion, Offspring for sure. They were the poppiest one of them all. Maybe because American Idiot and culturally significant for its time and place. I guess, but I mean, Offspring was the first to market. Uh, again, they, they didn't. They didn't have that. They didn't have that anti-war album that Green Day did. Well, see, but here's the thing, though, is like, so even in the heyday, you know, because of course they released those handful of stuff like EPs and singles, and then, you know, they got the major release with Dookie. Even by the time Dookie came out, they, I, I'm pretty sure bands like Rancid and Offspring were already out by They then. laid the yeah. groundwork for a Green Day explosion. That's, and that's what I thought. So, so Not, to even delete. Don't, don't underestimate how gigantic Smash was. Oh, yeah. Of I mean, course. That, that was a. That was, I think, it was a platinum album, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I that wouldn't was, be surprised. That Dookie? was a no smash. From oh yeah, yeah, Offspring. Yeah, yeah. That was a monster. Mm-hmm. So like they, Offspring definitely laid the groundwork, and then a Dookie came along and just capitalized on that. I just again, they're, they're and then a fine band, but they're an arena band that's gonna sell out. 
the biggest arenas in the world, and it just makes and it's sense. all because of that one album he was talking about. They they started dipping down. They had a few records that didn't sell, and then somehow American Idiot just popped and just. Maybe it was that right time, right era, because again, it was during that My Chemical Romance, AFI oh, shit. Oh yeah, and they totally dressed like that too. The ties, mm-hmm. the black shirts and the red yeah. ties. Yep. And now, I will say this about Green Day, is like, their last records have not been that great, even. It's but like, it's kind of followed of that. still sound kind of, sort of like American Idiot production-wise. The one time, the things that they shine most on are things that aren't called Green Day. Like, Billy Joe has a new band right now called Longshot. Mm. And it's fucking great. Amazing. Flat out amazing. He's like, this will be my good band. Kind of, yeah. No joke. Green Day is just his money band at this point. Like, like I showed it to Cab, and he was like, holy shit. They had another band even in the mid-2000s, right after American Idiot. They got so burnt out on that. They've had interviews about this since. They got so burned out from that album they had a band called the Foxborough Hot Tubs. And for years, for years they didn't do shows, but they recorded music and released it. Never said who they were, anything. And then they started playing live shows and it was the touring band of Green Day as this band. And it was like 60s garage rock. Really? It's yep. amazing. It, and it surprised trans- me that, I mean, you got that much talent and you've probably been around the music game that you're going to want to like, do something better. Mm-hmm. But then so, Green Day, like you said, that's the money maker. Cash cow, you would you'd be an idiot to you'd break be an that American up. idiot not to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I will completely agree with the whole Green Day being overrated, but some of that side project stuff yeah. is genuinely Billy good. Joe. They ain't is, on the list. They ain't he, on the list. Billy Joe, without a doubt, is a pretty prolific just musician and yeah. writer too, but. I don't know. Yeah, the last few Green Day releases have just been like, yeah, it just feels contrived more than anything. Yeah. But well, what's your final cap? Kind of like along the same lines. I don't understand why Weezer is as big as they are. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> See, this is going to be outside my wheelhouse. I know I don't know enough of Weezer. See, Weezer really... was like everybody's favorite fucking band when I was did they growing have up, that f- too. Or did they have that fucking Moves Like Jagger song? No. no. That's Maroon 5. That's Maroon 5. Okay. See, that's how much I don't know Man. those. But the Weezer, one I remember. If you want to destroy my sweater. Oh, my God. That's them. Okay. Yeah. Fuck them. If I, if I played you, you, it's like, if I played you like... Holly. Ooh, uh, and yeah. I can play like 10 songs and you'll know all of them and you'll be like, oh, God damn it. They're that see, man. See, that's the kind of shit that uh, was being played when I was like between like fucking 13 and 16, 17. Wonder why I was so single that long? Because all the fucking girls listened to that and I couldn't keep my Everybody mouth shut. And I was like, this Weezer is horrible. Was like, <laughs> Dude, you like Van Halen. You like Weezer. What? Yeah, it was that, that was every kid in high school. <laughs> I mean, it's just as shitty, but... Sure, they have guitar solos. I totally cool. agree. I agree. I don't I agree. get it. <laughs> I mean, I no, guess I they have catchy that. fucking pop songs and shit like but that. they're huge right now. Right now. Still... And they're, oh, because they they're did internet that fucking famous, Africa yeah, cover. They're internet famous because of a fucking Toto cover. And by the way, overrated fucking song. I never liked and, that yeah, song. Yeah, it's like Twitter. They, they've been tweeting Toto. Yeah, I I've okay. never. That's what you got to do to be famous I, I these never, days, I or to have like a second coming, I guess. Yes. See, I I've 
I remember the first time I heard that song. We'll start, we'll wrap it up because I agree with you on that, but I won't rant about that fucking Rains in Africa song. <laughs> first time I remember hearing that, it was for a commercial for some zoo. And I remember seeing it as a kid. And that was like the music playing like right at the end. And it was one of those commercials that played every fucking break during my cartoons. And I got so burned out on it thinking it was just a commercial song. And I remember consciously being a little older at coming on on the radio and getting my first slight of like panic or like PTSD or like a memory trigger kind of thing going like, <gasps> I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> I need to go buy some G.I. Joe's. <laughs> Alex has got that son of, son of Sam trigger, but instead of the fake to, dog, it's Weezer. I need some slime. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it, from childhood I've hated that song. That's so funny. I'll so I'll wrap it in. I'll agree. Fuck that band. <laughs> Fuck Weezer for. All right, we agree them. on Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was fun. Yeah, that was that fun. Was fun. <laughs> well, do we even want to do it? What the hell we were listening to? Because we just talked about I mean, a I've, shit ton of music. I mean, I've got one. You got one. You you got anything you want? I got one. Pimpin'? All right. Well, I guess it's on time to dig into that Spotify playlist and figure out. What the hell we've been listening to? What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. <laughs> Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Cap, what the hell you been listening to? Speaking of underrated bands, Phil Linen of Thin Lizzy turned or would have been his 70th birthday this uh, past Tuesday at the time mm -hmm. of this recording, and I decided to give uh, Bad Reputation a few spins this week. Very it's good, not, very It's not good. one of their like more famous albums, but there's it's definitely consistent all the way through, and the production's a little weird compared to the rest of them, but there's some killer fucking songs on here, like the title track, fucking Southbound, Dancing in the Moonlight. Opium Trail is a sneaky good story song on there, too. So, uh, and The Woman's Gonna Break Your Heart, that's, I've been... That's a good one, too, and the whole damn thing is really fucking solid. So, yeah, if you want to check out something different than the jailbreaks of and uh, Live and Dangerous uh, albums from Thin Lizzy's catalog, Bad Reputation is pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I'm down with that. Mr. Leone, what have you been listening um, to? Trying to get, get some gains in the gym. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to look all smexy for the yeah, Superjet shits. Smexy. Yeah. Other than listening to Mikey Black solos on repeat. <laughs> uh, Musical steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, I have dug into Old Firm Casuals. Okay. Nice. Their last them earlier. album. Uh, I can't pronounce it. It's a Nordic name. Holger Donsk. <laughs> That's the best I can do. Sorry, Lars. But <laughs> it's just a good mix of just riff rock and roll and oi punk rock. And in Motherland, there's some standouts. Uh, casual rock and roll is kind of the, their mm -hmm. standard ACDCS yep. rock and roll song yep, yep. on there. It's just, it's nice. and It's not a long album, but it's not a short album either. It just kind of gets me through a whole workout. Front to backer, fun. Just if you're in the oi punk rock it's just too good to something fun on. to slam dance to yeah you gotta go you gotta love a good front to backer one that front you can just put on and yep. you just know you're good oh yep. yeah yep excellent well uh i technically got a twofer because i want to throw a quick shout out airborne put out a new single 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Good and it's pretty good. So I definitely recommend folks checking that out. But I actually dug back into a Ramones record that honestly doesn't get a lot of love and has a lot of interesting lore to it. Uh, Loco Live. Uh, it was their second live record. And technically not the best when it comes to performance. Joey is a little sloppy and they do play the songs a little fast. But yeah. it's more or less a record that I have a special connection to because mom had it on cassette tape. It was released in 91. So nice. it's like... I got to listen to that early, early, early on. So it's like, to me, this is like my live Ramones record. But the interesting thing is there are so many different versions of the album. This album that's on Spotify has 32 songs. Whoa. The cassette tape has like 30, but there's a different version that has like 35. So there's a grand total of like 40 different songs released throughout different versions of this record. What's it called? Loco Love. And I was telling him earlier that that, that era of the Ramones, especially as a live unit, just had a different dynamic that kind of like hurt with me a little bit because of, you know, having a different bass player. And because of that, I feel that some of the songs on here are actually, and it just may be my opinion, but I feel that they're actually better than the studio versions of one that immediately comes to mind is KKK took my baby away. And you played that's that a, one. That's a fun song, but this version has just a certain pop to it that just really rings true. And I just, it's, it captures a certain magic. It's definitely re-recorded in the studio. Yeah. It's way too clean. It's way too perfect. <laughs> but, you know, it's I enjoy the record, so that's at least mine. I, I'm actually planning on doing some sort of little deep dive at some point to go through all the different versions and cool. might do a little YouTube video on it. Who knows? All right. Keep being internet famous. Yes. <laughs> it's a little tease. Who knows? I actually might start trying to do some little YouTube video All stuff, right. like video essays and shit like that. So speaking on that, Tony, what you got going on that you want to tell the folks about, if anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. much. I think we're, we're going to do the, the four-song EP of Skate Songs with Grave Rollers here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Probably look to do that in the fall. We've written them, <coughs> so I can confidently say they are there. Yes. And... Uh, us we'll get in the room with super jet again and i think the goal will be to write a few right we'll probably absolutely get our our, i would love to yeah bring the riffs i'll bring the ears (laughs) the vocal cords you got some words to it and stuff like that listen and then write them songs to them so yeah you know taking it nice and easy which is at this point in my life what Mm -hmm. it's all about absolutely i hear you yeah, and we really don't have that much housekeeping either. Uh, as we mentioned last episode. I do. Well, what you got going oh. on there, Cal? Uh, Sunday, September 1st. I got a lot of Kelsey stuff going on in September. I got a couple shows. Uh, September 1st, we're doing Matthews Alive. That's a festival cool. on a Sunday, on Sunday, September 1st. And then we have our album release show on September 13th at the Evening Muse in yes. Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice. I can't wait for that full thing to get released. She's been releasing a few more singles. and Yeah, and we got three tracks out right now on Spotify. Spotify, just look up Kelsey Ryan on Spotify. I play guitar all over them shits. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, for us, we've got October 11th heading back up to the rim. We're going to be playing with Fast Eddie. Rest of the set to be announced. That'll be fun. Shout out to Mike Norris. He uh, he and I have been just (laughs) giving each other... uh, shout outs all week <laughs> plugging shows and stuff and uh no show being played but if anyone's listening and they're going to be in pittsburgh september 15th we're actually coming out for the super suckers cheats and hangman show stoked so if anyone wants to come out and hang out in I'm the pittsburgh area come on out and i'm gonna try and go see super suckers in Asheville. oh that'll be a fun one uh for the record 
Grave Rollers do have a show oh, October eighteenth. That's October right, eighteenth at uh, Skylark. We haven't played there yet. Have y'all played there? Yeah, uh, I, uh, yep. I, we played there as a when it was a, a different venue, not okay. at Skylark. I played there a couple of times with uh, Kelsey. I'm oh, looking okay. forward to it. I haven't. It's neat. It's pretty I neat. Played there yet? So Skylark Social Club Grave mm-hmm. Rollers. Excellent. Well, I think that's really all we've got about got about to say on here. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, done done talking talking I'm, done, I'm done talking <laughs> at this point. Cap, do you have an outro for us? Uh, shit. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
knew he was going to forget. I know. <laughs> it's always on the long episodes, too. And get him Fuck your outro. This has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.